The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? And welcome back to Cancelled Too Soon, the freakiest podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. This podcast might get you. Yeah. <laughs> the internet's a scary place, folks. And it might get you. Yeah, it might It might get you. That's my favorite part of, of Freaky Links. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What you don't know might... Uh, what, what, what you don't know won't hurt you. And what you search what for. What you search for, and then the music stops, and they don't even say it in, in rhythm. They just say conversationally might get you as if as a, as ethan Embry sort of slinks into the shadows with that shit-eating grin on his face scary stuff <laughs> so are, yeah who are you <laughs> yeah my name is Lynn bibiani i'm a film critic everybody calls me Bibbs. my name is whitney seibold i'm also that thing and people just call me people don't call me anything people just don't call me i'm sitting alone in the dark and uh we we've reached the end of of uh patreon appreciation month uh, where <laughs> well it was poll poll driven this and month. really every month is patreon appreciation month but mm-hmm. if you're a patron on uh cancel too soon cancel too soon uh patreon Patreon.com slash cancel too soon. Uh, every episode throughout the month of January has been selected by our Patreon subscribers. They get to vote for which uh, TV series they want us to review. Uh, we've had a lot of really fun ones. And the last one, all of your options were television series that were about how the internet was going to fuck you up somehow. Like it was really like <laughs> some really scary, shitty thing with the internet. They, they all came out in like the late nineties, early two thousands, mm-hmm. right around Y2K when everyone was really sort of freaked out. Streaming technology hadn't really sort of infiltrated yet. So it's you, a you thing you, you could get, but you had to like have a really expensive computer. Yeah. Like and... you, you weren't yet like just downloading music and movies mm-hmm. willy nilly from the internet. Social media hadn't made computers this completely passive everyday mm-hmm. thing. And as a result, there was still this air of mysticism about it like the, the, it was still something we it, weren't trusting yet maybe it's it a was a, a little bit fringy yeah. a little bit fringy uh and as a result we got a lot of television series like harsh realm mm. or uh, vr5 mm, the net the series based on the movie the net the series the movie the net the series the movie the series with sandra bullock the actress the series uh but the one uh y'all chose is actually it's actually one of our more requested shows it came out like around this time when um you know again the internet was big the Blair Witch Project was big the X-Files was still big I totally see why this seemed like a really really good idea but for some reason it didn't last longer than a season let's find out let's take a look at Freaky Links here we go the Freaky Links team is determined to uncover the truth behind the strange and unusual. Are you still chasing things that go bump in the night? Are you sure you can handle this? Yeah, if I ever let you down. Go, stop, go! This week. One of those internet freaks is screwing with your no. head. They'll be coming soon. Stranger things have happened, but not on your TV. You only see what your mind can handle. Stranger things have happened, but not 
on TV. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I've seen Night Flight. I, I can... Uh, no, you're wrong. I've, I've you're seen wrong. Kolchak the you, Night Stalker. You are wrong, sir. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Wonder Chosen. You are wrong, this sir. Is, this is after uh, Tequila and Benetti. The uh, strange, strange, strange things have happened uh, on TV. Uh, but yeah, Freaky Links. Freaky Links is a show about uh, investigative journalists who have their own sort of paranormal phenomena website. And they which, travel around the country investigating... You know, cryptozoological animals and ghosts and, and X Filesy stuff. It's X-Files real, stuff. really X Filesy stuff. Um, but rather than being really stern and kind of scary and cryptic like the X Files, you know, they they took the mysteries very seriously, and mm-hmm. it, was, it was a very very uh, dour show throughout a lot of. I think some, it's one of the dreary, reason- dreary is the word I'm going for. And I, think dreary dreary of, I think it's one of the reasons why the funny episodes mm-hmm. are often people's favorites because they were a breath of fresh air. Yeah, they were uh, counter programming. Oh, oh, thank God, um, Jose Chung. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Freaky Links, it's not Mulder and Scully, it's not FBI agents, it's a bunch of just like. Slacker surfer Gen X people. Well, they're not slackers. I think that's worth pointing well, out. Well, Ethan Embry is pointedly a slacker, but I th- and, but he's and not, Jason he's is an, pointedly a slacker. He, they're they're entrepreneurs. They're well educated. Mm-hmm. They like what they do. They're very passionate about what they mm-hmm. do. I think they're, that's the thing that they're trying to do. These are about a bunch of. Mm-hmm. This isn't about a bunch of dour middle aged people going. Oh God, everything we know is a lie. Mm-hmm. It's about a bunch of young people going. Ooh, everything my, our parents knew was a lie. Let's they're, find out the real story and uh, th- there's a few episodes where they're confronted you know why why do you keep investigating why are you doing this because it's not really clear how good a living they're making they're clearly making enough to pay the rent mm-hmm. and like there stay, are gags stay, about stay, how they uh, didn't pay the power bill but they're doing but, okay. but they're doing okay but you know people ask why are you doing this why are you doing this and they always fall back on some platitude about how some bromide about how this is you know we have to find the truth and we're doing it for my dead brother but it turns out that they're just doing it because it's cool. You get the sense that they're only doing it because they really, really like it, and it's their favorite thing, and they're kind of hooked on doing it because it's really fun to investigate stuff like desert squids. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why it was really smart of them to cast uh, Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry Ethan, plays the protagonist. Ethan Embry was kind of a stroke of genius mm-hmm. in this show because he has simultaneously like one of the world's most slappable faces. <laughs> Like he's got resting, slappable, smug face, but at the same time, you're you're allured by his charm, yeah. and I think that kind of charming dickhead is exactly what you need in this role. Yeah, Ethan Embry. If you don't know the name, mm-hmm. uh, Ethan Embry, uh, you probably know him from films like Empire Records or Can't Hardly Wait. Mm-hmm. He was also on the TV shows Brotherhood and Grace and Frankie. Uh, he plays Derek Barnes and also his identical twin brother Adam Barnes, mm-hmm. who dies in the pilot episode. And it was his website originally, and now the slacker surfer brother mm-hmm. takes over the website and becomes his new mission in life. Um, yeah, he. One thing you look at when you see something, watch a film like Can't Hardly Wait. That's a, that's a film about a kid who's m- almost a stalker. Like it's it's actually like I mean it's high school. You have an unrequited crush. You're stuck in the same room with people for four years. It it the line between stalker and just I like that girl and I've never talked to her mm. blurs a little. But my point is that when Ethan Embry is talking about the obsession. It's charming. Yeah. He makes it charming. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a bit towards, the, like, the last mm-hmm. episode of Freaky Links where they run into, like, another investigative journalism team, but, like, a legit one from TV. And the camera guy, who is, like, the, the TV camera guy, mm-hmm. kind of, like, jumps on board, like, the mission. And it's like, <laughs> it, guy's like, I can smell death. It's like in Bosnia. Yeah, everything's really creepy around here. And you think everybody's like, 
you love it, don't you? And the guy's like, I kind of do. And he's like, yeah, me too. Like, when it's just about how we do this because it's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of where Freaking Links lives because if it's it's not yeah. really scary, it's kind of goofy. It's it, it all about a, the creepiness of the internet, and that doesn't. The the first two episodes are the scariest, and they're also the worst. Um, they uh they really tried to go for a horror vibe right away, and after the first two episodes, they sat and thought, no, we need something a little bit more. Uh, relatable, a little bit more fun. Uh, the reason they're doing this is because it's fun, so let's sort of change it into something a little bit more conventional, and I think it becomes much stronger as a result. Mm. First two episodes suck. Yeah, um, some, so, I think it sucks for a while, actually. But. Oh, well, I, I actually was be, became charmed by the show really early on, but uh, okay. anyway, g- give some vitals. This okay, aired in okay, 2000. So Freaky Links. Freaky mm. Links was uh, aired on Fox between October 6th, 2000, and June 22nd, 2001. Don't get excited, there were only 13 episodes it wasn't doing well, so they took a break and then burned off the last few episodes mm. in the summer. Uh, it came out uh, at this interesting time, right after the Blair Witch Project. This was produced by Haxon Films. Mm. Uh, that's the people who made the Blair Witch Project. Uh, so now it's like, ooh, the Blair Witch Project was huge. Let's do a TV series with these people. Mm. All about found footage, basically. Um, and uh, it would seem like nothing could go wrong. Nothing could go wrong. The show premiered on October 6th. And then on October 27th, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2 came out. And everyone was like, oh, we've lost interest. (laughs) We're good. I was actually at the premiere of Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. I went to it on opening day because I I liked Blair Witch and nobody was interested in Blair Witch 2. No, we were good. Opening day, nobody went, nobody cared. And that that it wasn't a found footage film, I think, got a... Rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. It was yeah. It was supposedly a, weird... a reenactment of something that really I happened. But the, that's I, I uh... admire the ideas behind Blair Witch Two. I think there's some interesting concepts to it. I don't think it comes together very well. Mm. But yeah, I won tickets to the premiere, and the, and the premiere party was cool because they had Poe was playing on the main <laughs> stage. Poe was playing. Yeah, that's and, great. And by the way, I watched the first couple episodes of Freakings on TV, and then I saw mm-hmm. Ethan Embry. And Kareem Prince, uh-huh. the, the the two actors in it, and I said hi to them. I got a picture with them. So somewhere in a drawer somewhere, wow. I got a picture of with you Ethan with the Embry stars of Freaky Back Links. Back when Freaky Links might have been the next big thing, man. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I don't know where that photo is. I digress. Mm. Anyway. Uh, it was. It's also co-invented, co-created by uh, David S. Goyer. Yes, who okay. you know from just about any genre film from the last twenty years. Yeah, uh, David S. Goyer, who who worked on the show under the pseudonym Ricardo Festiva for no reason that I can find out. For fun, for laughs, I guess. Uh, he okay, so you know David Goyer. He wrote Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Dark City, Blade, Man of Steel. He also has a whole bunch of failed television series. Oh yes, like a whole bunch. <laughs> Sleepwalkers, which is kind of like. Uh, uh, Oh, God, what was that movie with Dennis Quaid where everyone goes into each other's dreams? Dreamscape. Dreamscape. Right. Okay, it's kind of like Dreamscape. Psychologists go inside people's dreams. Start a young Naomi Watts. Nice. Yeah. Uh, he also oh, did... Oh, sorry, David Escorier's Aussie. Uh, I don't think so. Did he, he also did that film Garage Days, right? Or am I thinking of somebody else? You're, no, you're thinking of uh, the guy who directed the uh, Dark City. Oh, um, yeah, oh, Pro- Proyas. Proyas. Mi- okay. Mixed them up. Uh, Flash, they both worked on Dark City. Uh, we got Flash Forward, Threshold, Blade the Series, Constantine. David S. Goyers had a very up-and-down career. <laughs> uh, he also did the TV movie Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Which we need to do, because I don't yeah. think that was a pilot, but we'll have to do that on the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it was also co-created by Greg Hale, who produced The Blair Witch Project, and he also has done a lot of like directing and like anthology movies and series. He directed one of the installments in VHS two, mm-hmm. and also the holiday horror YouTube Red series Twelve Deadly Days. Nice. Um, and 
the other we'll talk about the cast in a second but the other kind of noteworthy thing about the premiere of this show is it premiered opposite the pilot for csi Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's, Freaky Links. That sucks for like, you, you, Freaky Links. That's, that's not great. <laughs> if we knew then what we knew now about CSI and how CSI was going to like turn into the steamroller that crushed all television. It was a huge hit anyway. Like From the pilot episode, it was huge. And, and it stayed huge. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's only it's like huge. I, only <laughs> now is it starting to contract a little bit. And yeah. Even then, it's still huge. All right. So it stars Ethan Embry mm-hmm. as Derek Barnes. Uh, it also co-stars as uh, a psychologist who joins the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chloe Tanner, played by Lisa Sheridan. She's in a bunch of Cancel Too Soon series as well, including uh, Invasion, Legacy, and Journeyman, which we've already reviewed uh, on this show. Uh, let's, see what we, uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, they're doing- uh, she, she is also Adam's ex-girlfriend. Uh, yeah, the dead twin brother's ex-girlfriend. Right. And that's, will that, they- that's how she gets sort of looped into all of this. Exactly. Uh, Okay, then they're joined by a guy named Jason Tatum, played by Kareem Prince. Uh, Jason, at who's first, who's seems, sort of like the plain guy. At first, he just seems like the normal guy along for the ride, and then later on, like around episode like ten, they decide that he's actually a Harvard-educated law student who just mm. never decided to well, they, actually become a lawyer. They drop a few hints about how he like he, he's fallen out with his parents and that his dad is a lawyer, and then yeah, there's finally an episode devoted to the fact that he could have been a Harvard-educated lawyer and just didn't want to. In fact, he's actually dramatically over qualified to be working at Freaky Links. Um, you probably know him as one of the blue Power Rangers in Power Rangers Zeo. Okay. Of course you know that. <laughs> uh, he was also in the pa- Kids Power, Ranger- Power Rangers is after our time, I think. Well, I, was, after my time, anyway. You're younger than me. I was just a little too old to get super into it, but I remember it was on TV all the time, so I watched it, more than I it, it probably... Pretty- expected to power rangers premiered when i was in high school and i taped it and yeah. and friends and i would get together and watch and we just sort of laugh at it at just sort of how ridiculous it was in the bad dubbing yeah that that's as far as it went with me in power rangers all right the freaky links tech guru is mm-hmm. uh, lon williams played by lizette carrion mm-hmm. um who actually hasn't had a huge career but you might have known her from some guest spots on dexter mm-hmm. law and order svu and she co-starred in the cancel too soon series over there a very charismatic actress um she plays this part very well. She has an on again, off again crush on uh, on Derek. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she's really, really yeah. uh, sort of the the smart. She's the the spine actually of the whole operation. She's mm-hmm. the brains. Whenever and, there's an episode where everybody's out of town and they need to call somebody to look something up on the internet because they don't have smartphones yet, they mm-hmm. call her. Well, they do that a lot. She mm-hmm. and she plays that role a lot. And whenever they don't need someone to fulfill that plot function, she's just not in the episode. She, whole, she's absent from a few episodes. And she's absent whole, for so long, I thought maybe she got ridden out of the show, and then she just pops right. up again like nothing happened. In fact, there's a subplot where she like she has a, sort of a crush on Derek, and then she starts dating a, dating another guy, and then we never see that guy again, and she her character is just sort of pushed aside for the rest yeah, of the series. I thought maybe she just quit, and, and, mm. and maybe I missed the plot Which would be fun, point. because the guy she's dating is like this bazillionaire, so why yeah, not? She doesn't, she doesn't need Freaky Links anymore. She doesn't have a crush on Derek anymore. She's fine. But no, she just comes back. Like, oh, yeah, I I don't know. I guess I took a few weeks off. I don't know. (laughs) And then lastly, the last member of the regular cast, even though he's only in, like, four episodes. He's not really. He's actually a recurring role. But he's he's in the credits. He's credited as one of the recurring cast, but he's not. And if you go to IMDb, both this guy and Mm. Lizette Carrion are credited as being in all 13 episodes. I think it's only because they're in the credits, because they're not not in every episode. Mm. But uh, Vince Elsing. V. Elsing. Get it? Get it? (laughs) I said, did you get it? 
played by Dennis Christopher from Circuitry Man, Profiler, Deadwood. <laughs> yeah, Circu- Circuitry Man. Circuitry Man is a really underrated movie. Uh, and oh, but he's probably best known as playing Eddie in the TV miniseries of It, the grown-up version oh, okay. of the, the grown-up version of the kid who has uh, all the uh, psychosomatic uh, illnesses. Mm. Um, that is the main cast. And yeah, the pilot is, the, the, the premise is, every week there's a new Freaky Link. Someone sends them an email with like a weird yeah. video, and they and try to figure out how to explain it. And yeah, as as we explained, this was when the internet was still sort of fringy, and you could there was still a, a weird sense of uh, legitimacy if you could publish it on the internet. Mm. Um I've heard a lot of people compare the early days of the internet to Don Quixote. If you'll allow me to uh, to, <laughs> that to skew off, delightfully well, d- you, you you've read Don Quixote, right? Yeah, the, and you know how how he sort of lost his mind. Okay. How, how he became... Well, explain you know, it to the audience, okay. for God's sake. Don't just run it by me. Well, I was just asking if you had okay. it. Uh, if, in Don Quixote, uh, it's about this old guy who becomes hooked on uh, adventure novels. Now, this came out in the 1600s when the printing press was still sort of a novelty. So if it was in print, it was thought to be like more legitimate and more true than something that was handwritten or passed down through oral tradition. And all of a sudden, all of these sort of like pulpy adventure novels made it to people's hands, and they thought, oh... This stuff is real. So this guy read a bunch of these like adventure novels about knights errant and kind of got it in his head that he can do that as well. So he kind of was driven mad by the pop lit of the time. Uh, and a lot of people started to bring that up when the internet started to really explode. If you could get it on a website, if you could publish it yourself... It, I mean, it, it's completely unsubstantiated, but because it was published, it ha- now has this air of legitimacy. So when you find something on the internet and it feels kind of fringy and kind of strange, there was this undercurrent of uh, truth. This is true. This is the real world. Well, this is not filtered by any sort of corporation or the news right. or the adult world. This is raw info that you can kind of finally consume. And there well, were a lot of fringy websites uh, as a result of this that were getting a lot of attention. I, I never really went to it, but I did hear a lot about Rotten.com, sure. which was, you know, like crime scene photos well, and death videos and, and you know, this, faces of death the website essentially and obviously they're playing off of the Blair Witch Project which mm. is like this is some illicit found thing there yeah, is actual yeah. uh, um, illicit was the, yeah is a perfect word for yeah. it yeah um, but I think uh, um, I think yeah <laughs> I, think it's I had a point I was gonna make you were talking about uh, uh, the internet and, and leg- legitimacy. legitimacy. So yeah, they and, the, the fact um, that, and video, video is as well. If it's on video, yeah. it must be true, and that plays off of the whole Blair Witch Project found footage mm-hmm. mentality. That was the so, point I was going to make. So this idea that there would be this sort of fringe website about you know cryptozoology and all the rest seems vaguely plausible, but. Before the year 2000, this is actually a little bit after its time. If this had come out in maybe even like two years earlier, it would have felt more legit. Well, you know what? It, By you know, 2000, this was already aging out. Well, you know what? This the, I, I was watching the show and I realized this is kind of like if you really want to boil it down to some like sort of high concept genre thing. Like it's not just okay, it's Kolchak, but with the internet, fine. Mm. What this show is is watch any horror movie in which normal people are confronted with the supernatural, mm. and then they have to look up what's really going on on a website, 
this is the story of that website. <laughs> there you go. This is the story of that website that is a pure exposition dump with like every monster, every demon, mm. every supernatural phenomenon, and, so, and, and some, it all happens to be true. Some but it's still kind narrator, of a crappy website. Some freaky narrator is like, man, this was really true, but this time it's the hero of the show who gets to make those videos. Exactly, and mm. I think that's that's kind of clever. Actually, mm. I kind of wish that had been more about that because I feel like the show isn't sure if this is about journalistic integrity or about mm. obsession or about like getting supernatural revenge for the death of your brother let's talk about the pilot the pilot is called fearsome which is actually the original title of freaky links mm. it was developed under the title fearsome f-e-a-r-s-u-m the sum of all fears mm. uh and uh it's basically the origin of the show uh we're introduced to derek who is working for his brother's website which at the time was just occultresearch.com and the idea is that it's just this stuffy uh, kind it was, of it was really college, academic, yeah. yeah, college grad kind of like official website. Derek is which, investigating. Which, which, I'd go to that website. I'd I think that's too. fine, but yeah. Uh, Derek is investigating uh, strippers who are spontaneously combusting on stage. So, of course, that means we get a, a, the opening scene is sexy strippers. Sexy 90s strippers. Ooh. Well, it's 2000, but this is, this is still late 90s fashion, so a lot of midriffs. The first couple of years... A lot, of, a lot of lavender and chartreuse. From a cultural perspective, the first couple of years of any decade are still mm. the previous decade. The first... Like, but, yeah. The 80s as we know it, didn't really become the 80s until about late 82. Mm, you watch, the, right, you watch, right. mo- watch movies from 1981, they still feel like 70s films. Still a lot of uh, horizontal brown and orange stripes yeah. on the t-shirts. Yeah, it takes that, a while yeah, for the, those ugly 70s colors. It's not like this clean divide. Oh, there's a zero at the end of the year. Everyone change clothes. Like, that doesn't really happen. Alright, I'm spiking my pink hair. Is that big yet? It will be. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so the first episode is fearsome. Mm. And, and yeah. it, it starts out really industrially gothy, sort of Nine Inch Nails video. Uh, the first two episodes where yeah. it's really unclear as to what the rules of this universe are because we're going to haunted houses and it plays into the main story. Somehow we're treated to all kinds of like really depressing suicidal images there's a suicide on camera for goodness sake yeah Derek um, comes home finds his brother like in like a in, bathtub in a bloody full bathtub, of bloody water yeah, and, yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's sad it's a genuinely mm. tragic thing and then we cut to and, and it's weird if you remember mm. sort of like the Nine Inch Nails Nirvana that really sort of depressive streak mm-hmm. that went through popular culture and, and how su- suicide was really kind of in the public eye as it were for the moment Nirvana uh, yeah, thanks to Nirvana, mostly. Yeah. But yeah, just a, Nirvana and a lot of the music was really geared that way. So it, it's tragic and it's horrifying, but it's... I, I want I want to point out that that sort of imagery was kind of common, it's common at the time. It's common and it feels a little exploitative. Whenever mm. you're making... Oh, for sure a, it is. When you're making a show mm. that's about young people, that's for young people, that's the young version of this thing old people have, mm. um, unless it's made by 20-year-olds, you're probably not going to like find the right vibe right off the <laughs> bat. And so, like, this first episode is just trying to be everything. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think it leans really heavily on grungy, dark stuff, even though, obviously, Ethan Embry is just this incredibly likable, gregarious fellow. Mm. So making the stories too dark doesn't really fit. There's one episode later on that's, like, a whole metaphor for, like, drug addiction, which actually does kind of work because mm. he's always kind of manic. 
Yeah. Like, then yeah. he goes to the dark side, but it functions. Well, and, and he meets other dark people who are, like, also super manic, and he's kind of on their wavelength. So, what happens is, it's a few years later, he has rebranded the website as FreakyLinks.com. He's hired some people. Uh, apparently, they make most of their money off of merch She's like, Lon is just like, you would, paid me. And he's like, I'll sell some t-shirts and I'll pay you. I, I wish that we had seen them. Like, there there should have been, like, stacks of t-shirts in the background of the shots. Or, like, mugs or something. Whatever it is they're selling. Right. This is, this, this, we didn't get a sense as to how their business functioned well, I don't at all. Think, I don't think the... F- or, or even what the website really looked like. We weren't There weren't a lot of screenshots of FreakyLinks.com. I think the storytellers didn't care about those details. Because if no. you really think about it, FreakyLinks takes place in this fantasy universe where, like, startup websites about journalism have mm-hmm. integrity, have, mm-hmm. like investigative journalism budgets and travel budgets <laughs> yeah, they can and, just sort of fly anywhere yeah like i don't know how like th- there's so many like huge websites that are falling apart mm. and freaky links figured it out in 2000 that's a little well <laughs> it's a little th- bit this, of a fantasy this this was the gen x thing i'm so that, poor right now because the websites i've worked for weren't as well put together as freaky links d- d- you you've seen rent right yeah. You know, in Rent, it's like, hey, we put together this video, this, like, really raw, do- or Reality Bites is another example mm. from the 90s. You know, we put together this really raw, really true documentary, and we're really going to get the truth out there. Well, MTV wants it, and they want to turn it into a pizza commercial. A millennial would say, great, I need that money. <laughs> <laughs> but a, Gen- a, Gen a Gen Xer would, would say, like- no way, man, I'm not going to sell out. It's like, that was an option then. You could sell out or not. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So, the yeah. website's working. Um doesn't really seem super real, and then he finds out that his brother's suicide may have something mysterious going on because someone sends him a video of his brother still alive mm. today, just like adds like a security camera footage. Yeah, uh, and so of course he investigates. He uh, enlists the aid of his brother's ex girlfriend Chloe, mm. uh, who is a psychology. She's, she's a she's, psychologist. She's a, a, a getting her master's, so she's not a, a licensed psychiatrist yet. But mm. she know she knows all the stuff, and she's trying. She's going to like symposia and trying to get her her proper degree. Right, and so she he enlists her help. Mm-hmm. They go off investigating, and it turns out there's a whole ton of stuff. There's like it might involve uh, the old American legend of Croatoan, which if you don't mm. know that, that's that's one of the more famous like early American legends. But, uh, but there's a, a, a vanished city. Yeah, a, a, a bunch of colonists came over from Europe. Uh, they started uh, uh, their own, you know, city civilization right here on the on the edge of uh, mm. uh, America. And they sent a boat out to come back for supplies. They've come back. Everyone's gone. The, the village is gone. Vanished yeah. without a trace. And the only clue anyone had was supposedly written, like carved into a tree, was the word Croatoan. So that's something that's been mined for horror a lot. In fact, there's actually uh, a huge subplot about that in the uh, series Supernatural. Okay. Which very much has a Freaky Links vibe. Like, if the Winchester Brothers had their own website... That would be Freaky Links. It's well, very Fre- similar. Freaky Links is is grunge, and I feel like Supernatural is more like Metalheads, which I know the distinction is not not that clear for a lot of people. But, but it's it's pretty it's clear. The, it's there. Metal, metalhead, meathead guys didn't mix with the grunge guys. No, but the point is, is that Supernatural is only like 
one step removed from Freaky Links. Like yeah. we're, we were, there's an alternate reality in which everything else is exactly the same, but Freaky Links was more popular than Supernatural. In that one episode of Supernatural, in fact, where every <laughs> didn't they like go see the the Eric Stoltz Back to the Future in uh, an episode of Supernatural? And I don't remember that episode of Supernatural. There was, a, I think, that was in Fringe. Because there's oh, an alternate um, reality uh, yeah, in Fringe. I mixed where, it up with Fringe. I'm sorry. Yeah, where like Ronald Reagan starred in Casablanca. Right, right. That like, was it. Yeah. In, um, in, in Fringe, Freaky Links got bigger than Supernatural. And uh, also in this pilot episode, we're introduced to V. Elsing, who is this mysterious guy who knows everything about the horror. And he seems to be able to teleport, and it's not really clear if he is himself a supernatural creature. Yeah, we find out a little bit more about his backstory in a future episode, but he well, remains we, a mysterious figure. We figure out that he has relationships with other characters, but we don't really know more about his backstory. Yeah, we know where he worked. I, yeah, I suppose so. Um... And that's kind of it. They don't find out what happened to his brother. Mm. Nothing really gets resolved other than Derek is more motivated than ever to pursue these freaky links and find out for certain mm. if uh, if they are indeed as freaky as they are linked. Mm. Every episode ends, and I forgot how much I missed this. <laughs> the episode ends, mm. you know, get like executive producers, Ricardo Festival, and get Greg Hale. Then they cut to a commercial. And then afterwards, they were like, tonight's episode of Freaky Links mm. featured music by Seven Mary Three, <laughs> Avenged Sevenfold, and Bianca's Hairnet. Like, yeah, just a bunch what, of, like... Whatever whatever bands were hot. And they, they weren't as big as Seven Mary Three. I'll say, a- Seven Mary Three, like, had a hit. <laughs> These were all bands that had no hits whatsoever. Like, you know, Sawdust Floor. And... Yeah. and Nostril Goblin, you know, whatever else they had. Yeah, Candle Flight. Like, <laughs> just take two words, put them together, and you get like a band that had one album in the year 2000 and was just big enough to get their music on an episode of a television series on Fox or the WB. Yeah, yeah. Like, like tonight's episode really... of Dawson's Creek features music by Cheese Whiz. And I looked it up. But with eight Zs. <laughs> and an exclamation point. And, and an upside down exclamation point at the start. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, you could tell they were going for like that hit soundtrack record thing because this was still when soundtrack records could recoup for a lot of films and TV shows losses. Yeah, um, there is no Freaky Links soundtrack CD. No, I looked it up. It's kind of a pity. <laughs> I'm glad you looked it up. Not not that I I really wanted one. I wasn't so enamored of the music on this show because this was right when grunge started to dry up and that kind of new metal sound was taking over. And I hate new metal with a fiery passion. <laughs> New metal is awful. Like new metal is what they play in hell. Um, is is Evanescence new metal? No. Then I'm then we're Ev- good. Evanescence is not new metal. I will, limp, I will have none of your Evanescence bashing. Kid Rock, Limp Bizkit, Alien Ant Farm, right. Stained Puddle of Mud. That generation of ah. <laughs> head slam your head against the wall. Stop screaming at me. Oh God, fuck you, Stained. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, tonight's episode, I digress. Tonight's episode of Felicity featured music by Egregious Pumpkin. <laughs> Rainbow sugar cookies and happy squirrel hugs. <laughs> That's one band. Yeah. <laughs> That's only one band. And, it, and, it's, and it's two guys. <laughs> <laughs> episode two of Freaky Links is called 313. This is the Demonic Possession episode. The Demonic Possession episode is starring Connor Trenier from Enterprise. Mm. 
Oh, I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, I was like, he, he played, he played okay, Trip yeah. Tucker, the, the engineer on Enterprise. And um, I mention him because he's one of three Enterprise cameos we're going to get over the course of the series, pre-Enterprise. Uh, so, uh, um, so, yeah, so the idea is there's a guy who thinks that his pregnant wife is possessed. And like 3.13 in the morning, every night, something really spooky happens. Mm. He's taken to locking her in their apartment, but then she vanishes, and he's really freaked out, so he goes to the Freaky Links. Mm. And he actually tracks them down because I guess they live in the same city. This all takes place in Florida. Although it shot, it looks like it's shot in Marina Del Rey. It's probably shot in Marina Del Rey, but yeah. it takes place in Florida. And whenever they go on the road, they're mostly on in the South or the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, so they track him down. Said, "Hey, we want you. We know you know all about this. Could you please look into our case and recommend an exorcist?" They're actually being somewhat reasonable about it. Mm-hmm. And Derek, to his credit, is actually like his initial concern is, "I bring Chloe in because I'm concerned that they're mentally ill." Yeah, yeah. Like he and, doesn't assume and that the even, supernatural is to foot. They even bring up the ethics of you know, well, like how much how much can we do without like exploiting these people if mm-hmm. they're mentally if they are mentally ill? Are we feeding we, yeah, into we, that illness? We don't want to make it worse. And uh, yeah, and they actually bring that up, and I thought that was kind of responsible. There's a, there's a moment in this where uh, Kareem says he's only in this for the healthcare, and I'm like, you fucking have healthcare? <laughs> Working for Freaky Links? I've been writing for websites. Golly, for, it was a different time. I've been writing for websites for oh, for almost ten years. I have mm. never had healthcare. I was about to say, and how how many of those years were you a contract employee, and yeah. how many of those years were you freelancing? That's how that you're works. freelancing for all of them, weren't yeah, you? There are yeah, no yeah. contract employees. <laughs> I was an editor and I was a contract employee, or, or I was a freelancer. Ah, my career has been so terrible. <laughs> you know what? We write on the internet. Our career is is difficult to pin down right now. I uh, it's uh, I've I've heard it put. Uh, writing for the internet is like playing the floor is lava. <laughs> it's like you're just jumping from a piece of one piece of furniture to the next as they sink behind and you. The, and the only reason you're jumping that way mm. is because someone in a position of nebulous power like is exploiting you and saying you can't do this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh turns out that the young lady is possessed by the ghost of a murder victim and the murder mm, victim but, is but a victim she thought she might have murdered for a second because mm. she dropped she gave this woman a, we see in a flashback that she gave this woman a ride and dropped her off with mm. the murderer so she yeah. thinks she might be responsible um and it turns out that there the reason she's possessed is because she offered to help this young woman mm. and the young woman took that really literally <laughs> and now that she's a ghost she's like oh well you promised you to help me mm. forever super natural bullshit right and which is i'm watching this with my wife and my wife is just like so the message of the episode is never be kind well it's it's be just continue once you start being kind you can't stop which is kind of like a whole which, bunch of horrible shit happens and like there's a baby who gets threatened and uh but yeah it's the really go- dark the ghost is uh smart enough like to rearrange some children's blocks in a nursery to spell out her entire name mm. so that that's a pretty good clue i appreciate it's that it's not I like it's not like you know why would like, you do that like third street 3 p.m it's like just tell me your name it's, yeah you got you got letters remember that episode of star trek the next generation where they kept reliving the same day over and over again mm. and then finally they're like we can only send one word into the next cycle and it was the number three it was the number three <laughs> and because that's the number of like pins on data send the word data <laughs> D- data had the good idea just say data data <laughs> 
Data was right. Well, th- three hashtag data was right. Three had so many applications throughout the day in that episode that it kept cropping up. So data kind of knew what was going on when he finally. But why would he associate it with three anyway, pins? I have be, no idea. Could be three syllables for all he fucking knew. Or, or commander, you know, it's third anyway. in command. <laughs> that, well, that's also data. Oh, is data third in command? Data's third in command. Oh well, I guess he's, it makes sense. Then. He's the second officer. Shut my mouth. <laughs> Anyway, they think it's uh, uh, the the boyfriend who was trying to, you know, the the murder victim was pregnant. The boyfriend wanted to, wanted her dad. He didn't mm. want to have the baby. They assume it's the boyfriend. Then it turns out it's the mom. Mm. The end. Actually, yeah. it's really weird because it's the mom. He like Ethan Embry goes to the grieving mother and says, "We thank I I we found out all this stuff. I just wanted to make sure you're okay." And she says, "Come on in. Maybe you'll find one last clue." And so he does. He mm. finds out the murder weapon was like this concert pianist trophy that the mom used to bludgeon her daughter with. And then she finds out and it gets really angry and then she's just sort of like, "Well, you got me." And then they walk out politely and then she decides to she sees the ghost of her daughter and decides to commit suicide. Mm. Kind of heavy and it's a, yeah I, I got again a lot of lot of suicide a lot of suicide in the late late 90s okay so the next episode episode three is edith uh, keeler must die which is a star trek reference that has nothing to do with the episode no they don't even <laughs> reference the episode no they do like, there's do a guy they? who has a, there's a guy who has a t-shirt that says edith keeler must die Oh, okay. There's a, there's, I, I missed that. <laughs> the one element of Freaky Links that is in every episode, regardless mm-hmm. of content, is whenever they go somewhere to investigate, there's always a montage, like in the Blair Witch Project, of them mm-hmm. asking the locals what they've heard. Yeah. And there's always like one local who has a useful bit of information and a bunch that don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's one guy who has a t-shirt that says, Edith Keeler must die. That is a reference to City on, City on the Edge of Forever. On the Edge of Forever. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I want to say, <laughs> say City on the Edge of Tomorrow. And I was like, it, that's not right. It was it was the one where Kirk, they, Kirk and Spock went back in time. Kirk fell in love with a, a, a local woman. And in order to restore history, which mm-hmm. had been corrupted by their time travel, uh, she had to die. And mm-hmm. he had to sit idly by while she got hit by a car. And that was the hardest otherwise, moment he's ever Otherwise, Hitler would win World War II. Exactly. Yeah. So her, her existence. Predicated the the win of World War Two. One of the best sci-fi episodes of television ever. Uh, often cited as such. Yes. Yeah. Very very good. Uh, this episode, uh, mm-hmm. Chloe is in New York City, and they decide to investigate a freaky link because they can exploit her free hotel room mm-hmm. at a at a psychology conference. No, t- uh, tell me, these guys aren't slackers again? Well, they, they they're industrious. <laughs> they're, they drive up to New York City. They didn't have to do that at all. And they said, "Well, we can stay in the car. We can't stay in the car because it's Thursday and it's street sweeping today." You know, it's <laughs> come on. <laughs> they uh, uh, so they go. They're investigating uh, chuds. Well, first they're investigating what they think is a crocodile in the sewers. Yeah, they think it's a crocodile in the sewers. Turns out it's Chuds. Then they think it's Chuds. Yeah, I I do like how it's usually they assume it's one Mm. urban legend, then it turns out it's another urban legend that's going on in a different way than they expect. And often I was surprised. There was always a big twist. It's like in House, you know, they're they're wrong twice before they're right, and uh, the TV show House and. They started, yeah, they frequently would start with one theory. It's it's a haunting. It's something kind of conventional and something you, it's kind, a big you might, foot. It's you might even recognize. And it turns into something else entirely. Yeah, something weird. It, it, it's, yeah, it's, it turns out it's not just a murderer. It's a wasp man. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> wasp. Wasp man. Yeah, never, yeah. Never, never heard of the wasp. I guess it was a wasp woman. Yeah, that was a movie. <laughs> That's a thing. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. They go to New York, they investigate Chuds, they find Chuds. They go down into the sewers, they run into people who live down there, and it's, you know... They eat a rat? 
They, well, Derek to, eats to, a rat on to, a dare. To get in with the people who live in the sewers, he, he has to eat a rat on a dare. Yeah, and I'm just like, and, you, and need, to, well, you that, need to get wormed. That starts... <laughs> you need to not, get wormed. That's not good. Something I got from Derek, not the others, but Derek in particular, was that kind of jackass mentality, that mm-hmm. sort of failed skate video punk rocker kind of mentality, where there's sort of a lot of humor to be found in cruelty and self damage. Mm. That, that's where Jackass kind of came from. There was, there was, yeah. there was skate videos and then they started putting out skate videos of like just people falling off their skateboards and injuring themselves or getting hit in the crotch. And Jackass decided, Hey, why don't we just make a whole series based on that of people getting hit in the crotch and we'll do real destructive things. And there's sort of a, an anarchic enjoyment that can be had from that. I don't enjoy Jackass. I don't think that stuff's funny. I think it goes way too far. Occasionally. I've seen enough Jackass in my life that occasionally there's one that's actually just like the timing was kind of funny. Like they'll they'll time it right and it's good slapstick. Occasionally there's like a funny sketch. But like whenever they're doing something horrible, like let's staple our scrotums together. I'm like, don't do that. That's it's, a terrible idea. W- watching them wince in pain doesn't make me laugh, but like when like I'm going to climb to the top of this tree and I want you to chop it down, and we film his face, and the like when he starts going whoa and he's kind of having fun, and then there's that moment where he'll, where he'll flip and it'll turn into genuine terror for a second. <laughs> that's when Jackass becomes kind of interesting because, because they might get their comeuppance. Well, and and th- that's that's true. That's something that's definitely not staged. Like what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Uh, I get that from Ethan Embry, a, l- a little bit of that, which is what makes you kind of like him and hate him at the same time. You say what you will about Johnny Knoxville, he's also a charming guy. He's a very charismatic presence. Yeah. If you've seen him act in other movies. He's, he's fine. He's a funny guy. He's fine. Mm. I got nothing against him as an actor. I've seen him in like five or six movies, and yeah. he's, he's good. All right, episode four of Freaky Links mm. is called Coelacanth This. The coelacanth, if you don't know what we're talking Mm -hmm. about, is a species of fish that was long thought to be extinct. Like, it was a prehistoric Mm -hmm. fish. And then a few decades ago, they found a live one. Yeah. And you can actually go. You go to, like, the Natural History Museum in Los Angeles, and you can see the coelacanth. It's next to the Mega Mouth Shark. Yeah. It's a really cool cool cabinet. (laughs) I spent a lot of time staring at that cabinet when I was a kid. Um, So, the idea of this one is that there is a small southern town. It's one where they go to a southern town. Mm -hmm. You run into the yokel sheriff. Or at least that's what they think. And um, the punch people are getting attacked by a mysterious monster. Mm. Mysterious monster that can fly. And it turns out it all relates to an urban legend that is real that I hadn't heard of. I mean, uh-huh. the legend is real. I don't know if, oh, it's, right. if it's based on it. Uh, there is a Civil War photo mm. of a bunch of Civil War soldiers like standing astride. Uh, an animal that cannot be identified. Well, it looks like a pteranodon. Oh. It's a winged reptilian creature. Now, of course, nowadays it seems a lot less plausible since we know that dinosaurs actually had feathers. Mm. But, like, it looks really realistic. And they've done, like, a bunch of, like, you know, sort of studies on the photo, just like, how is it faked? And it's hard for people to tell. Mm. Um, and it's a creepy photo. You look at it just like, that's not right. That's well, actually it, really it, it's, freaky. It's also from a time when, you know, popular imagery of dinosaurs was maybe just beginning to leak out like dinosaurs weren't the imagery of diamonds dinosaurs weren't really part of the consciousness in civil war era so um i I need to look up the actual dates on this but i know like when fossils were discovered when they started putting stuff together that was Mm -hmm. like around 1850 this was around the time of the civil war dinosaurs dinosaurs were actually relatively recently discovered all things considered like, so, like, yeah, when was Voyage of the Beagle? It was, like, 1850. It was, yeah. it was pretty recent. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, 
Um, they investigate Stronodon. There's this weird bit because they run into the sheriff, and the sheriff always has a plausible solution. Oh, it was a bear attack. Oh, it was a, and, and they're like, well, mm. why was the arm in a tree? I was like, well, a cougar pretty uh, probably got it. Yeah, and, and I love the freaky linked crew like sort of looking at that with that with disbelief. You're mm. telling me that there's more than one type of animal in the woods? <laughs> I don't buy it. Must uh, be a pteranodon. Like what? <laughs> What are you talking about? It, it must be a pteranodon. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's that's logical. I did like that it boiled down to that the mm-hmm. sheriff was simply didn't believe it was a pteranodon because how could it possibly be a pteranodon? Mm-hmm. And when he sees it's a pteranodon, he was like, okay, it mm-hmm. was a pteranodon. I'm not telling anybody because they'll think I'm insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, okay, fair enough. You were right. Mm-hmm. Give, give him credit for that. I always like that. Uh, episode five. Desert Squid, myth or legend. This, and might, this might be my favorite episode. This is the episode where I started getting on board with Freaky Links. I still don't think it's mm-hmm. a great show, but I was like, this is the sh- episode where I think it found the right balance between humor and mythos yeah. and well, a little bit of horror. It's a little strange. They're going after the Desert Squid, which is actually a thing. I'd like, actually yeah. know it was a real thing. No, uh, or, you know what I mean? It, like it's, <laughs> real it's, thing, it's not yeah. so like it's not as cryptico- cryptozoological as say you know a, a, a Bigfoot or a yeah. jackalope. It's more kind of like a joke it's well, i guess more like a jackalope or a fur-bearing trout it's like a known to be like a known hoax but let's pretend anyway yeah it's fun to think about mm. jackalopes are real 100 percent. i've seen one mounted on the wall at my local burrito joint that mm. means they're real uh so this one co-stars john billingsley from mm. enterprise you might yep. know him as dr flox <laughs> uh, uh he's a very good actor by is- the way he is terrific like I've, I've seen him in a few other things he was in uh Oh, what was the Denzel Washington film where he's in Miami? Not Deja Vu. I, I totally forgot. I like, hot take, pursuit, whatever it was. Okay. And uh, he, he was also in Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Yeah, small oh, that's that one. fun. That's, that's not a good <laughs> movie. All right. Uh, so in this episode, they go to a, a desert town to investigate mm. uh, people who are being attacked by a desert squid, which is a land squid that's mm. giant has huge tentacles, and they ask all the all the locals. They ask John Billingsley, and John Billingsley is there, and he's got one arm, but he's got like a really poofy shirt. And the first time you see him, just like he's probably the desert squid. Hmm. Spoiler alert: uh, he's the desert <laughs> you know, squid. You know what? Call me dense. I didn't see it. Didn't coming. see it coming. No, I thought he was just a yokel with one arm. See, this is. I thought this is the humbug episode, basically from the X Files, and it's a, and it run, plays yeah. the same way. Where it well, turns they, out under inv- his shirt, there's yeah, a there's a creature thing, and they're investigating like exsanguinations and missing cattle, which is an extraterrestrial thing. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of an extraterrestrial bent. And it's revealed that the desert squid guy was part of this government experiment that was splicing squid DNA into people to grow their limbs back because squid can do that. And weirdly enough, it was an experiment performed by Vince Elsing. Uh, I thought he was supernatural. He's sci-fi now? Yeah, it turns out he's like interdimensional or something. Um, Yeah, so there's desert squids running around, but it turns out he has been the one who has been stealing the cattle. And he's been doing it because because he he runs a diner and he likes and it's cheap meat. He needs he needs the meat and he's getting it for free. So he's using his squid arm to kill cattle. Because why not? You know, I do that. You got to use it. Uh You know, Um, 
Yeah. And then then at the very end, you know, they've, they, they found this missing dog at one point along, and they think yeah. they've gotten away, and he finally steps into where they're hiding out, is smashed in through the door with his tentacle arm, and says, yeah. I, I'm going to get you! Why are you going to get me? I need my dog. You stole my dog! That's that's not cool, guys. <laughs> you stole my fucking dog. And they give him the dog. That's a weird tentacle arm. Yeah, I try cutting it off, and it grows back. <laughs> they run afoul of the DeSanto Corporation, which, according to this episode, is like, I thought this was, they were building this up to be important later, and it never comes back. No, you thought DeSanto was yeah. going to be... It's the, part of. it's the everything but shoes company. It's uh, just they well, got their hands in everything and they're it's doing Monsanto. illegal experiments. It's Monsanto yeah. is what it is. But, but the yeah. idea is they're doing these illegal experiments. I figured they'd come up. Vince Elsing worked for them. I thought they mm. were playing this up like the Dharma Initiative and Lost. And I'm, I'm kind of glad they didn't. I, I don't think this... Sh- well, maybe it could have, but I'm not sure if the show right away needed some sort of antagonist I don't, force. I don't need it in every episode, mm. but you're, it's, you know, you're going to need an evil corporation at some point. Just have the same one every time. It's fun. Why not? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they introduce that. They have sent a bunch of, like, goons from the DeSanto Corporation to, like, mm-hmm. cover everything up. And no one will ever know about this desert squid. And then the desert squid guy comes in and slaps him, drags him away. And then the next shot, he's giving away free hamburgers at his new diner. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Tales from the Crypt ending is what it is. The next episode's a fun one as well. It's called The Harbingers. Mm. This one co-stars... Oh, this is the one with... um, Angus Grimm. Angus Grimm. Angus Grimm from the Phantasm Mm. movies. He plays a horror author who was Derek's twin brother's favorite author, even though he only published one book. And uh, Derek's twin brother, Adam, went to his small town to interview this guy. Uh, and he ended up befriending a lot of the locals, and he never told anybody about it, including Chloe. Mm-hmm. So th- there's sort of this mystery as to why he would go to this small town. Why does he have this other young woman there who is treating him as if he was a really close friend? And why does the author, to this day, even though his book is out of print, mm. fo- every morning photocopy copies of his book and hand them out for free? Mm. And it's basically the In the Mouth of Madness episode, where <laughs> everything this well, creepy author has been writing is actually mm. true. Mm. It's in, in the Mouth of Madness, it's more apocalyptic. And, and in the mouth of madness, but... mixed with new nightmare, because mm. the reason he's been pa- passing out these pages is because yeah, everything he's been writing is true. The harbingers are sort of these. It's essentially the tingler. These mm. creatures that appear on your back yeah, these and imps. force you to do bad things. Yeah, and uh, but, if they're, you're but aware they're visible they, to the naked eye. If you're aware that they exist. Mm you don't get them. They don't pop up on you because they can't mm. influence you because you're aware that something could do that. Yeah. So he's, um, he's, get, he's getting the word out and if you yeah. know about the Harbingers, you're safe. Yeah. And that's a, it's mm. a fun episode. And they, they end up, uh, I love at the end, you know, this is sort of a, a testament to where tech was at the time. It's like, and yeah, we're scanning in the pages now. It should be done like next week. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like a 100 page book. You can well, do that in an afternoon now. But yeah. I know, and they also talk about how, like, yep, we got it. So, like, every day on Freaky Links, they have to republish it, and or mm-hmm. like the world will be taken over by these monsters, which is a fun idea. But they talk about, yeah, it takes up 20 gigs. 20 gigs <laughs> for, for text. Holy shit, that's a long book. How many Sistine Chapel paintings are you scanning, sir? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to think. There was something else. Oh, this is also the episode where uh, we meet Daniel Roebuck. He's only in one episode. He runs a rival website called Creepy Clicks. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's gonna, we're going to find out there's actually like almost like an extended universe of fringe websites that are all about real shit. Yeah. Well, um, and one we, of them is Creepy Clicks. Another one is Sick and Disgusted, which is all like which snuff is, videos. Yeah, it's, it's Rotten.com. And he, that guy shows up in two episodes. And I'm really glad, actually, that, that they included that character mm-hmm. because a lot of the appeal of Freaky Links was that kind of sick and twisted underground uh, um, 
hyper reality that was being sold at the time and a, a big part of that were these snuff videos and mm-hmm. I'm glad that they actually decided to draw a line between sort of the paranormal stuff they were doing and, and, just, the, and the, the unhappy mutant side of it the world of, of snuff videos yeah. which was just as real and we get to meet the guy who's just this sort of gloomy asshole and of course he's living in his mother's living basement, in his mother's basement and he lives stop in his doing that you know I what? still see movies do that. Stop doing that. At least not in the basement. Can we move it? Can you live in the garage? Something. <laughs> it's just such a hack cliche. We can't even take it seriously anymore. Um, okay. Well, I- my mom decided she liked the basement better, so I got the master bedroom. Isn't it nice? Yeah, weird. Yeah. Episode seven. It's weird. <laughs> episode seven. Still I Rise. The Biggie Smalls episode. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, the, the dead rat. Okay, so. Uh, a rapper was murdered accidentally by his uh, girlfriend or wife? Uh, wife, I think. His wife, because yeah. he because he, he was might have been cheating around. Uh, there was gunplay. She accidentally shot him to death, and that was caught on video. Mm-hmm. But he's been seen now, and uh, they have to go investigate. Uh, our freaky links friends have to go investigate. Yeah, and there's a long. There's actually like this big debate. Uh, between Derek and um, is it Jason? Jason. Derek and Jason. Jason thinks that the rapper, whose name is XT, mm-hmm. uh, he thinks the rapper is still alive, faked his own death. Yeah, he, he couldn't die. Whereas uh, Derek is super excited because finally I'm going to get to see a zombie. Like he's actually just like I just want someone to Walking Dead, and as the episode progresses, and I'm actually like I wasn't sure actually for a long time with this one. Often I can mm. predict where the episode's going. This one didn't know where it was going. Yeah, well, again, they twisted it on us. We think yeah. at first it's either going to be either he faked his own death or it's a zombie. Turns out one of those things is true. The other one is kind of true. Uh, vaguely, it turns out there was like a voodoo priestess mm-hmm. who put a curse on the rapper, mm-hmm. and. He and the people around him thought that they could get the curse off of him by faking his death and somehow transferring it to a, a wax statue. A wax statue of mm. him that was put in his uh, coffin instead. Mm. And uh, when a bunch of like bunch of bro assholes decide to like to plunder his grave, yeah, to prove whether or not he's dead, the wax statue gets up, starts walking around, starts killing people. Mm. Kind of a dumb idea, but I love it when I love it when <laughs> good, good imagery. It's good fun. Imagery. It's fun. I love it when it's Derek, DC comic stuff. It's fine. Derek uh, confronts XT, who is like sneaking around behind the scenes trying mm-hmm. to keep the secret, and then uh, Derek realizes that he's really alive, and he's like, "XT, you're alive." Damn it! I was gonna see The Walking Dead! He actually, like, starts screaming at the top of his lungs, I just once I want to see an effing zombie! Can I, can I get anything here? And that's the Derek I love. That's the Derek Uh, that excites me, is the guy who's actually really super into it. Because whenever they try to make him dark, or brooding, Mm -hmm. or super serial, like, I don't buy it. Honestly, that kind of, if this... You gotta ask yourself, why do they fucking do this? Mm. And the whole I did it because of my dead brother thing is really more of a darker show than Freaky Links obviously is. Yeah. We wanna hang out with these people. They have a cool job. They have a and they have one of those really cool over-designed apartments where they're still sort of hanging out all the time and yeah. d- drinking big gulps. Do you notice the frequency of big gulps on this show? Sure. Every single episode. I'm not kidding. They have like a super gulp from Seven Eleven, and they're just yeah. sort of just chugging that stuff down. All right, episode eight. Oh, but this oh, was yeah. also the episode where Lan began making eyes at one of the record producers, mm-hmm. like this, and 
Oh no, was he was the, he was like the 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 P Diddy, the guy who became a big star after the death of his mentor. Oh right, right, right. Uh, so he yeah. he's already a, like a bazillionaire rapper, and they go to a, they infiltrate a party and they start making eyes at each other, and he decides, you know what, I'm let's I'm going to date this woman. Yeah, she's really and, cool. And he like shows up at his apartment and he's you know dressed to the nines and everybody's really embarrassed because they seem kind of slovenly in comparison. He's totally cool. Mm-hmm. He's really open. He's really sexy. Yeah. And he treats her really, really well. And she realizes I'm not gonna go after this Derek dipwad anymore. Yeah, I think this guy he's and, nice to me. He's And that subplot we didn't even we mentioned it earlier, but yeah, she had been saying like she might kind of have a crush on Derek and no, mm. it's not like that. Well, maybe it No, it's not like that. And I feel like I feel like Lon's crush on Derek was there mm. to keep and the obvious relationship between Chloe and Derek mm. from being creepy because she was dating his twin brother. I feel like well, if there's some, there's another like I love think interest the, yeah, they were red trying, herring. They were trying can, to keep the curse off of that, and and Derek and Chloe spend the the bulk of the show like just the two of them working together. And uh, although Derek and Jason also go off and are Beavis and Butthead together a lot, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fart jokes on this show. Not that many. Well, there's a couple. There's a couple, but it's not that many. <laughs> hey, bro, did you fart? I think somebody actually said, "Hey, bro, did you fart?" in one episode can you imagine the x-files saying hey bro did you fart i kind of want to start a podcast (laughs) called hey bro did you fart and it's all about the answer to that question hey bro did you fart no man i only got four farts that ain't one of mine next week on hey bro did you fart (laughs) what 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 does a monster energy drink fart smell like hey bro did you fart sounds like a band that whose music would be featured on an episode of freaky links (laughs) featuring hey bro did you fart which is a side project by the butthole surfers uh (laughs) jesus christ um yeah, but uh, what was I saying? Yeah, Lon's romantic self oh, dies Lon's, a quiet it, death. It dies a quiet death, and I'm really glad that they actually didn't have a lot of romantic chemistry between Derek and Chloe. That mm-hmm. they were just good friends. And I, that's something I wish we could see more of. Uh, adult male and female characters who just have good friendships. Yeah. And there's not a lot of, of sexual or romantic energy. Maybe there's a little. Yeah. But it, it doesn't have to be addressed, and it doesn't have to be the story. And it never, has, not, it never has to come together. And it never has to be sexual t- they can just be friends. Like remember in Pitch when Mark Paul Gosseler and and the main character just like they kissed in one episode and yeah. it didn't make any sense. No, it's like it was it's clearly like you, like you guys were good as as coach and rookie friend relationship. That was actually really good. On the page, they probably thought it would be more romantic than it was, mm. but then just the actors just don't have romantic chemistry. It's the mm. uh, uh, um, what was it? It's the Pretty in Pink scenario mm. where uh, Molly Ringwald. And mm. Ducky, who ended up being played by John Cryer in the original script, were supposed to end up together romantically. But it turns out she didn't have any romantic chemistry with John Cryer, so she <laughs> ended up with Andrew McCarthy instead. Spoilers for Pretty in Pink, sorry. Mm. But like, I haven't seen Pretty in Pink, damn it, like, you just wrecked it for it's me. It's like almost 40 years old, just, mm. you should have seen it by now. But, like, <laughs> but it turns out like the other actor mm. who was up for the Ducky role was Robert Downey Jr. Oh, that would have made And Molly Ringwald has, yeah. has said, I had... Tons of sexual chemistry with Robert Downey Jr. If Robert Downey oh, Jr. God. had been Ducky, we would have. I would have ended up with Ducky. Goodness sake, who doesn't have sexual chemistry with Robert Downey right? Jr.? Right. Uh, the next episode is called "Me and My Shadow." This one's dark. Um, this is about. Oh yeah, this is about the the. This is about murder, a mass shooting. The murder in the Sizzler. Yeah, there's a guy comes into a Sizzler, mm. starts screaming things in Tagalog, and uh, then kills everybody. And it's about a mom and a son and her son who are who, in the bathroom at the time. Who are in the bathroom at the time and survive, but it turns out that the Filipino monster. That was infecting his shadow has now infected the young boy's shadow. Mm-hmm. This episode ends up being really important 
Uh, and actually, there's more continuity in the show than I thought there'd be. Well, there's, there's a lot of callbacks. Like, yeah. and we've been through all this freaky stuff. Like, remember the pterodactyl thing? It's yeah. like, yeah, I do. I saw that episode. Yeah, exactly. It's like, just random BS they're spewing. Yeah, there's an episode about that. So this episode is really important because Chloe is brought in as a psychologist, not as a member of Freaky Links, mm. to counsel this young boy because in addition he to witnessed being, a bunch of death, and yeah. he's he's personifying it he's talking about it in mythological terms and she also has a background in sort of that sort of culture Mm. the idea of how psychology uh is perceived and addressed and filtered through our cultural experiences and our dreams and our nightmares and such and so forth so she's called in for that expertise but then derek is investigating the exact same thing derek actually ends up being very helpful and saving the young boy's life Mm. and blah 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 but her credibility is called into question because of her association with derek yeah she she basically derek is involved it looks like she brought him in to make money and now a more uh, seasoned psychologist uh is going to have her looked at by a Mm. review board and that ends up being an important plot point for many episodes one thing I like in this episode is when they finally like capture the shadow demon. Mm. They put it in a box. They, 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 the box. L- they lure it into a prom. Uh, and then they turn on all the lights. The the shadow doesn't like the light. It flees into a box, and they close it in a box. And then they uh, pour concrete over it. Mm-hmm. And then they close the box. And then they use it as an end table. Yeah. I would not be comfortable in that house. Put the, Drop that in the middle of the fucking ocean. Not well, you know where it is. In the ocean, you don't know what's going to happen to that thing. Some anchor's going to drag along the bottom, let it free. Uh. You've seen the beginning of a horror movie, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> just going to get out. You put it in the bottom of the ocean. It's, it's in the end table. You know where it is. All right. The next episode is called The Stone Room. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's the Jason episode. And he is brought back uh, to mm. his... His father has like a stroke. After seeing some ghosts, and he's invited back to his old family firm, everyone from Freaky Links joins him, and it turns out there's a bunch of, like, founding father ghosts who were also torturers. Yeah, and uh, their victims are in, have haunted the law firm, mm-hmm. and it's all brought up because there's a, a woman who has had generations of land in her family name that is now being trying to be taken away by some... Uh, the descendants of the torturers. There's essentially. N- there's no evidence that this was your land. There's and their mm-hmm. whole point is the evidence can be found through supernatural means, and mm-hmm. they find like the old paperwork and etc. Um, it's good to see Jason have something to do. I mean, this is episode and, nine, and he, he finally has, has a, an episode devoted to him. He's literally had nothing to do. Like, mm-hmm. there's literally no reason why you needed him in any episode before this, other than someone to talk to. Yeah, well, here and, he's. And it turns he's, out he's a really good lawyer who just didn't actually want to be a lawyer. His father just wanted. He, he rebelled. Yeah. He he adds a lot of personality to the show, but yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't offer a lot in the way of like plot. And then after this episode, I, I, when they just finally decide not only that was his father a lawyer, but Jason was almost a lawyer and he would have mm-hmm. been a very good lawyer. Um, they start having more episodes in which he actually offers legal advice or he explains mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a verbal contract. You can't break that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, now he actually has something really meaningful to contribute in every single episode. <laughs> he, he, and has, really he has a superpower now and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I, the, the the torture scene, I, w- I was, had trouble following this one. It was a little because unclear, pe- wasn't people it? would have these visions of ghosts, but they wouldn't just see them standing in the room. Like they'd all of a sudden picture themselves like strapped down and being tortured. Yeah, and they'd and, actually and disappear they'd, from the room. Uh, some, sometimes they disappear from the room, but when the father has his stroke, he's in the room while he's experiencing the torture. So it's really unclear. <clears throat> it's not. I'm not really sure how the ghosts really function, but. 
anyway, that's that's as maybe. Uh, the next episode is actually I think it's probably my favorite episode. It's mm. uh, Sunrise at Sunset Streams. It is the old oh, folks episode. The stink, stink, the skunk ape, skunk ape. Okay, so there's a lot of fun things going on in this uh. episode. Uh, it turns out that Freaky Links is incredibly popular at this one old folks home mm. that is like right next to a golf course. So it's this very relaxing resort community full of old people who love Freaky Links and geek out about it. So when so when Betsy Palmer, the mom from Friday the 13th, mm. thinks there's a skunk ape. Mm. Which it, is a thing. Which is a, which is a urban legend. Uh-huh. Uh, she thinks it's, it's basically stinky Bigfoot. Yeah. It stinks like hell and it's a Bigfoot. Uh, she thinks there's a skunk ape stalking her. So the, she, uh, she wants Derek to come in and investigate it. And her son-in-law is a used car salesman who thinks it's all a scam. And he offers Derek any price to, to just to, make it go away so this mother-in-law won't come back in and move, move in with us. Because he hates his mother-in-law that much. Derek, to his credit, says, no, I'm not going to – I'll investigate it, but I'm not going to just mm. sink this and say something isn't true just because you need mm. money. Then it turns out that in addition to being investigated and possibly having her, her career completely ruined by this – Complaint from two episodes ago. She also owes over nine thousand dollars because she she instigated an investigation by the psychology board, mm-hmm. and now she owes like almost ten grand in fines. Yeah, and so Derek decides, okay, fine, I'll sink this investigation to give her the money. I owe her that much, mm-hmm. and he figures it's probably not a skunk ape. Uh-huh. It's probably nothing. But, it's usually nothing, but right? He can't help it, and he starts investigating, and they find more and more evidence, and he's. At pains to try to lie to people, but you can tell that he just can't do it. Yeah, it takes like half the episode, but finally, it's okay. Fine, it's a skunk ape, and they you <laughs> and so he takes the money, but then he uses the money to pay off, to set up an investigation. He buys like a hundred cameras and sets them all up, all over this <laughs> retirement community to try to catch the skunk ape on camera. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of funny. Yeah, I actually, I lost a little respect for him for going along with it, but you know it's it's an episode. He toyed with the idea of being unethical for the right reasons, well, and, and then Chloe finds out that, about it, it, it and it, says, "You, I can't believe you do this. You have to investigate." And, he's it, like, and it, it also plays into the notion of credibility, which is the theme of the episode and, mm-hmm. and a big theme of the show. Actually, is trying to stay credible and also be yourself, even if you're this sort of shiftless slacker type. You can still believe in the truth. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, th- that he was willing to sell out at the very moment when he needed to be the most legit he could possibly be adds more drama to Chloe's story. So I think it's it, it played together really, really well. It made him look like a dick, <clears throat> but yeah. that was kind of vital to the plot. Betsy Palmer is really good in this episode. Uh, um, she's an underrated actor. Most people only know her from that one movie, but anytime yeah. you see her in something, she's really good. There's a line she sells. <laughs> that just on paper is one of the worst mm. lines ever mm. but she sells it and the line is I need someone to believe me there's a skunk ape out there and it's got a thing for my underwear because it's sneaking into her apartment and taking her underwear and it turns out it's actually one of her neighbors who has discovered the fountain of youth mm. at this retirement home and it tastes like raw sewage it's, <laughs> it it's, smells like raw sewage it's and a, instead of making him young again it makes him a Cro-Magnon it, yeah <laughs> It, it doesn't just make you young, it devolves you. So There's, he turns into this... It, you drink skunk juice and you turn into an ape temporarily. And there's a scene where, in a very jackass maneuver, uh-huh. Derek says, Oh, look at this stuff. Oh, it's so gross. Hey, want me to drink some? Dare me? Dare me? Dare me? He drinks some. Just on a, just because he's a jerk Jason and he wants to try it. Him. He has no reason to drink this stuff. Derek ate rat. Like, uh, Derek, uh, yeah, Derek other will do anything. To, other than to do it on camera and disgust people. Derek will eat anything also <laughs> sounds like a band that provided Derek music for any, freaky yeah. Derek eats anything. <laughs> 
And then, but there's a cool bit where they're, like, open, in, they're opening for a skunk ape. There's a cool bit where it's on their found footage bit, mm-hmm. and in one shot, he drinks the water, he freaks out, and then he's a monster. He tur- turns yeah. a little bit monstery. Yeah, and like, like he doesn't go full monster. No, it's but, a, yeah. Obviously, it's a visual effect, but it's subtle and it works. Actually, it's a mm-hmm. it's a nice little bit. Uh-huh. And then uh, yeah, and it all works out okay. Um, turns out that the guy was a skunk ape didn't mean anything mm. malevolent and the used car salesman uh. not only pays let's Derek keep that 9000 but he also agrees <laughs> to let to pay Chloe's fines uh, n- no surprise there's actually a band called Skunk Ape that doesn't surprise me at all <laughs> I love that the picture for them is Harry and the Hendersons the, yeah the Harry and the Hendersons alright the next episode is called Live Fast Die Young every uh, TV show from like this time period needs mm. two episodes mm. an Eric Balfour episode and a Jeffrey Combs episode. This one is both. This, this <laughs> <laughs> so you have Eric Balfour. Jeffrey Combs plays the pathologist, but you can tell they hired Jeffrey Combs because he's played like weirdos and heavies. This was after the Frighteners when he really kind of mm-hmm. got more, got I, more I'd say widely seen. A- Agent Dammers is maybe the ur example of everything Jeffrey Combs can do. This like twitchy weirdos <laughs> just swinging for the walls and overacting. He's so good in oh, that movie. Reanimator is the ur example. He's the he's amazing. He, in Reanimator. he is he is goddamn restrained in Reanimator <laughs> compared to what he does in in the Frighteners. Okay, fine. Um, but they they clearly cast him as the pathologist because they wanted somebody kind of monstrous and weird, and he underplays it. It's really great. He he actually gives a really good performance as the pathologist. He's like, oh yeah, oh I'm sorry, I'm just into corpses, and yeah, and I know it's really meets. awkward the way I I talk about it. Oh sorry, I'm bumping the mic. It's fine. Uh, so like the premise of this one is mm. they get another video from the sick and disgusted guy, mm. uh, and this one is. Somebody people, thro- throws himself off a bridge in, and then uh, walks away. And then he walks away. He's like okay. a really tall bridge, mm-hmm. should be dead, just walks away. That person's Eric Balfour. And he goes, woo! And there's a lot of woo going on. So, freaking these people go off to investigate what the hell happened. They go to the uh, mortician slash pathologist, mm-hmm. uh, played by Jeffrey Combs, and they just say, You're just really interested in what happened. And Jeffrey Combs is like, That's so nice. Someone <laughs> actually takes an interest in what I do. Let me help you. What's going on? He's just really pleasant. <laughs> It's a really nice little take on that character. Um, and it turns out Eric Balfour and his girlfriend, who are basically kind of a Mickey and Mallory Knox type, yeah. um, really, really dangerously uh, they're, they're uh, compulsive. And, they're addicted to danger, and they have yeah. lucked upon a drug that they can inject, inject into their hearts with those big cardiac needles. Yeah, you know, the ones that look like, I don't know, like they're the size of a Twinkie. They're just really yeah, huge. Yeah, these gigantic things. Yeah, and but, they inject it into their hearts, and then they can kill themselves and survive. They can yeah, get like shot, they're, they're going to te- do a car accident. Temporarily immortal. Yeah, and and it's an addictive thing, and they're both manic freaks, basically. Mm. And what happens is Derek, they, they get the sick and disgusted guy, and they mm. kidnap him. And then they find out Derek knows about it too, and they kidnap Derek. And they basically, and this is interesting because this movie, this uh, episode predates Saw. Mm. This is Saw. <laughs> they do Saw years before mm. Saw, where the second disgusted guy is in like this torture thing, and you know he's constantly in this crank where he's going to fall down and like end up with his face in a nest of poisonous scorpions. Mm. And Derek can keep him alive if he does one of those rolly ball games yeah, it's where like, like uh, you, labyrinth yeah you know that labyrinth with like with a rolling the, the ball turning knobs and, the, and you gotta you, make sure the ball doesn't tilt, fall tilt in the, hole. the top of the maze yeah yeah so that's weird and then uh, they inject Derek with it and Derek kind of joins their little cult for a bit or so it seems but you buy it for a minute because Derek will do anything it, it, he'll do anything he's kind of manic and uh 
why why not? He's always kind of going down the dangerous path, and that he w- it makes sense that he would become addicted to this Im- immortality drug that makes you just sort of wild for a while. And but it turns out he, his faculties also, are, are reasonably there, and he's able to also turn there, the tide. There's this sort of attraction between him and the wild girl, and mm-hmm. you know how he might be sort of into it because he's into her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all boils down to they're going to like make Derek. Uh, help them rob an armored rob car. Rob an armored truck. But yeah. while they're not looking, Derek replaces uh, their super soldier drug. It turns out it's from a Russian super soldier experiment mm. uh, with like mineral water, and they mm. all inject themselves with mineral water. It's salt. It's saline. It, no, it's it's. He it's, says salt water. It's it's no, it's just bottled water they have in their cooler. Oh, I thought he had like a special no, vial. He, he specifically okay. says mineral water. Oh, okay. Because here's the thing: if you inject your heart with mineral water, you will die. <laughs> that's not like some trick like oh it's just harmless mineral water no no you just and killed yourself again it, and it's not like a little amount like it's this huge yeah. plunger full of like you know <laughs> like a pint of fluid they did not think that plot point through very well mm-hmm. uh and then eric balfour just trusts that he can just jump off this bridge like, and get oh, away man, and skate no and way just... i'm I'm, a, I'm immortal you're lying to me and he jumps off the bridge and he dies yes yeah. and then Derek goes to the girl and says hey it's not too late you can have a second chance blah 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 blah, blah. and she's like fuck it and dies yeah. does the same thing well the the moment where she like he's actually reaching out to her, I thought was a very touching moment because it looks like she might actually sort of step off the bridge. Yeah. Uh, the next episode mm-hmm. is Police Siren. Mm-hmm. This one begins basically with an episode of Cops, uh, mm-hmm. where uh, you know cops detain someone in a high By the speed way, chase. Huge in two thousand. Oh, still huge. Yeah. Still huge. Uh, or at the time, it was still huge. Mm-hmm. There, it held. It was an X Files episode. There was an episode of Cops. <laughs> there was a ride along with Mulder mm. and Scully, and they were doing an episode of Cops. Mm. Um, yeah, and this one it starts out kind of like an episode of Cops. There's a car chase. A cop they they capture the guy, but then a cop walks to the burning car anyway and blows up for no reason. And it turns out he walked to the burning car because he saw a woman inside. A mysterious woman had sort of appeared in the cop car. This one kind of this one kind of falls apart a little bit because it gets a little too big. Freaky Links works it's, well when it's on the fringe. There's a lot of plausible deniability. Mm. It takes place in small towns, not a lot of coverage well, it, and everything. Given and the episode that came after, it, it sort of, I think they knew that they were coming, they were winding down. So they just had to sort of address, you know what, let's just do an episode where something supernatural affects a larger circle. So mm-hmm. now it's going to affect the entire local police force. Yeah, a big <laughs> urban area, a bunch of cops are seeing ghosts and then killing themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out all the cops who killed themselves were part of a cover-up in which another officer, who is now mm-hmm. in a coma and is the ghost that they're all seeing, mm-hmm. uh, was shot because she found out that they were on the take. There was a bunch mm-hmm. of like car thefts and they were taking money from it. It's a, kind of a boring twist. It's, corrupt yeah. cops. And it so turns like, out that like the chief of police is behind mm-hmm. it and he's going to frame them all for murder mm-hmm. and it just becomes a different show well, and, and it's not as interesting. And that she turns into a ghost is one thing and you know if it was like uh, Banquo's ghost in Macbeth you know it's like and I see them and I feel so guilty and so horrible that I kill myself but she also has siren powers somehow and it's never explained why that's no. an element in this like she can influence them to kill themselves. Yeah. But this is but again they're like they're arrested they're accused of murder. This is the sort of thing that really sends them into the public eye more. Mm. And so it does make sense that the last episode, the final word, mm. is about them going really, really, really public. And it all takes place uh, from well, the perspective of a basically a 48 hours 
it, it's uh, kind of news show. It's yeah, it's like a, a current affair, one of those uh, news slash entertainment shows mm-hmm. where they go like deep dive into one story, and the st- and it's staged as if we're watching an episode of the final the word. final word. Yeah, so we we even get like bumpers and come back after this and like different announcers, which mm-hmm. are, you know kind of a clever approach. Mm-hmm. It's fun, and we get everything, all the testimonials from the raw footage from that show. Yeah, so it's all told from the perspective of people who aren't in Freaky Links. So this is basically real news versus fringe news. Mm. And the real news story is there's a kid who is accused of murdering his best friend. Um, and I think his girlfriend or the, yeah, yeah. It, and it looks like a Robin Hood Hills sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And he's, he, but he insists that a monster did it mm. and only the freaky links to everyone. They, they talk to the district attorney. They talk to the cops. They talk to the only witness and everyone's just like, yeah, there's no monster. What the hell? Mm. And, but freaky links is like, what if he's right? Maybe he's wrong, but what if he's right? Someone should at least take him seriously enough to investigate that. And, well, and, somebody owes it to him, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to at least at least, test, at least test it out. Yeah. yeah, and so there's a whole bunch of give and take between them and quote unquote legit journalists, who he is, who Derek offers is more sensational than what he does mm-hmm. because they're taking serious news and they're turning it into the final word. Whereas he's yeah. just like, I just investigate and put it on the internet and just throw it out there. You make a whole big narrative out of it, which is <laughs> ironic because that's all Freaky Links is, but. The show, anyway. Mm. Um, and they, they investigate, they investigate, and it turns out, this wasp guy, people! Th- this, this guy was stabbed a bunch, and it turns out he wasn't stabbed, he was stung by oh. a giant wasp sting. Yes! And there was a woman who got wasp DNA and injected herself and turned into a wasp person. And stabbed the guy a bunch because she was a wasp person. Neat. This is actually a really graphic episode because it turns out that when she, this lady was like an oh, entomologist. Oh, we, we saw and, like her body yeah. uh, after the wasp thing had hatched out of it. Yeah, so like she we went, saw this gory husk. She went to Brazil. There was this mm. weird species of alien or, or, or mm. bug or whatever. And same got same her body. story as the movie The Relic, actually. Yeah. But, uh, and then uh, her body was like a cocoon for this monster and they run into the body and it's all like carved out. Mm. Like that one scene with a defibrillator and John Carpenter's The Thing. And it, <laughs> They linger on it. It's really gruesome, actually, for like yeah. a high time show. Yeah, I know. It's really gruesome. Isn't it great? <laughs> I good. loved it. Um, and then that's basically it. And that's it for Freaky Links. That um, is the last episode of Freaky Links. Um, was Freaky Links canceled too soon? I'm torn, because on one hand, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it ever really found enough of a niche, but the, here's, here's what I'll say. If Freaky Links had gone on for 100 episodes... It would have been fine. Yeah. It's weird that a show like this doesn't go anywhere, but then a show like Medium or The Ghost Whisperer will last forever. Yeah. It's just another supernatural thingy of the week. It's it's a supernatural like thing. I think the problem with... I, I think it was canceled too soon. I, I actually mm. re- I really like the characters. I really like the cast. I thought the storytelling was really clever. It's a solid show through and through, with the exception of like the, the first episode, which was just a awful mess and the mm. second one which they're still kind of finding their footing i think they found their toehold really early on pretty quick i think they established the characters and the relationships really really well um i thought the the mysteries were interesting and the only thing that really bugged me was all of the sort of blair witch shaky cam realism that they tried to add to it but I they think also they started walking that back they started walking it back and they started kind of snickering at that conceit like the characters themselves started snickering at that conceit a little bit more yeah. so it was it became less horror and more fun and by the time it ended up they really knew what they were doing mm-hmm. and i think they they had created a really solid show however there's no way it could have lasted the premise was dated from jump yeah uh finding fringy weird stuff and putting it on the internet 
people were laughing at that at the time. Yeah. This was clearly made by people who were late to the game well, and the- calling it freaky links and using the internet conceit as a new means of investigating paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm wasn't going to hold because it didn't hold from the start well, the and it wasn't going died. to. Here's yeah. The novelty died right away and mm-hmm. I think it died with Book of Shadows Player Witch too. I think that, that yeah, maybe which so. really unfortunate timing. I think if they had I think if they'd waited a couple of years for Book of <clears> Shadows <throat> they might have had the Blair Witch novelty a little longer. Maybe so. And people would have taken it a little seriously a little longer. Mm. Uh, but honestly here's my thing. I think the show could have continued because the novelty is a really minor part of it. It's mm-hmm. mostly aesthetic. Just yeah. stop, don't show quite as much of the found footage shit and mm-hmm. it's really just Young investigative journalists investigating well, freaky shit. That's can, it. That's well, a good can show. you, if the show had continued, imagine the uh, them having to survive through the bust. Mm-hmm. They would have had to the big dot com bust. Yeah. Um, it's like, what are we going to do? Nobody's coming to our website anymore. Well, do we have to do more sensational things? Do we have to change our aesthetic? I would actually. Where do that. we move? You know, there's, there's. Yeah. They would actually have to start addressing the business a little bit. That's, of that, it a, little that's bit a hell more. of a seasonal cliffhanger where yeah. the doc, like all of a sudden it's just the dot com busted and we can no longer afford to run the site. Yeah. Done. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. Like that's the whole thing. And they, the they have thing. other jobs now and they can mm. only do this on the side. So they, yeah. They're that's... forced to sell to a major conglomerate and now they have. Now they have middle management telling them they need to like work on their SEO because Desert Squid isn't Googling. <laughs> God, I hate the internet sometimes. Yeah, yeah it, there's a lot to hate about you the know, internet. Was, and it would have been great if we could have seen Freaky Links. Like, Freaky Link, but Freaky Links, a Microsoft company. It's like, it's not so freaky <laughs> if it's owned by a major corporation now, yeah. is it? And yeah, Freaky Links slowly of, became BuzzFeed. And, and then, you know, another season about how they try to break free of that or they're dumped by the, the conglomerates, but like they had to, maybe they steal money. There's all kinds of stuff you could have done with the business side of it and kept it fresh i think if if they'd known like Mm -hmm. the trajectory the internet would have and how like social media would blow up yeah and like how they could maybe tell stories concurrently there's actually a fun episode of supernatural where uh the the winchester brothers end up hopping through a portal into the real world and having to inhabit the bodies of the actors who play the winchester brothers (laughs) it's a funny episode it's intentionally funny and there's one of the guy, uh, I think Misha Collins is his name, uh, throughout the episode, he's tweeting the silly things that the brothers are doing. Uh-huh. And while the episode was airing, Misha Collins actually tweeted that stuff. <gasps> There's so much fun you could oh, have that with is that. Great. Yeah, yeah. You could really yeah. like imagine like having a show about in you know, investigative fringe weird stuff where the social media was telling it at the same time mm-hmm. and con- and helping with that narrative. They had a freaky links website, but like you really could have been like super well, like constant keep, with its stories on good fun. Keep in mind uh, Blairwitch.com. Yeah. Blairwitch.com, uh, I mean, every f- for a while there, every film, like each individual film, had its own website. And I don't think that's even a thing anymore. Now it's just studio by studio or series by series. Like you can go to the Marvel website and see all of this stuff. Hmm. But usually, usually they do have their own website. The first, it's, just, it's just marketing stuff. That way someone uh, Googles it, yeah. they find the movie and they find links to the important stuff. Blairwitch.com was a watershed moment in internet marketing. Yep. Uh, the way they sold the film as this actual documentary and the... Uh, the website offered like testimonials that weren't in the film, extra film footage, interviews mm-hmm. and stuff. They really tried to flesh out the Blair Witch experience in a way that hadn't been done before. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just download the desktop theme or yeah. you know download the theme song. It was actual a-, a lot more interactive, a lot more dynamic and turned internet marketing into what it would eventually become. Right. Um <clears throat> Freaky Links is based in that. It's called Freaky Links. It's internet based. I'm surprised the Freaky Links website 
didn't get more attention. They should have been putting just as much attention, time, energy, and money mm. into FreakyLinks.com, the well, actual website. They might have. I don't, I don't, hey, let's see if it's still up. Uh, let's see if FreakyLinks.com no, is still FreakyLinks.com. Mm. Got it. You got your laptop I open. I got it. What I'm working on it. It is currently available. Ah, oh, damn it. Shit, we should buy this. We, should be- <laughs> <laughs> we could be FreakyLinks.com. Well, oh, and, my God. Uh, we should totally buy this yeah. website. We should totally buy freakylinks.com and make it our own website because in, in, in order to sort of really exploit the premise and kind of fall in with what Blair Witch was doing, they could have made this into this vast, ambitious multimedia experiment that would have really worked well because the characters and the mysteries were interesting enough. If the show sucked, it wouldn't have mattered. Hmm. But I don't think the show sucked. I actually liked Freaking Links a lot. I expected to hate it, actually, because I heard so many bad things about it because it was so dated. And yes, it was dated from the start. But it's still a good enough show. Well, there's nothing wrong with the premise. Yeah, it could have justified it. Investigative journalists Mm. investigating freaky shit. Mm. Nothing wrong with that premise. They had a good, the good young cast. I like that it was about young, overqualified people who were doing what they wanted to do for fun. That's such a Gen X concept. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I I think over time it found like a better balance between the humor Mm. and the horror. And they kind of realized that some of like the big subplots they set up early on, no one gave a shit about, like Derek and Lon's not romance. Yeah. Because they had no chemistry, and half the time she wasn't even in the room with him anyway, so who cares? <laughs> like, it just it just mm. didn't work. But, like, yeah, I think over time it found itself, and yeah, I, I guess it was canceled too soon. I'm not super passionate about it. Okay. I think in retrospect, it seems like there's a lot of stuff they could do, but at the time, it probably just would have been more of the same. Yeah, I don't think they would have, yeah. this would have been like the newsroom where they really would have commented on everything going on on the internet. Well, but in c- retrospect, c- consider- it would have been cool if had. Consider if it had gone on, you know, this this was sort of the first season where they just sort of established themselves, and then in future seasons, as they became more firmly entrenched, maybe they would have. Hmm. Maybe. I've, I've seen that with a lot of long-lasting shows, where the first season they're just sort of establishing themselves, and later on is when it gets interesting, and I think this show had a lot of potential. It was definitely canceled too soon. Well, that is it for uh, hmm. Patreon Appreciation Month. We, we appreciate Patreon subscribers. And we will appreciate month. you forever. And every, and every day and every minute. And indeed, uh, you will have an opportunity to vote on one episode for February. Every month you vote for at least one episode mm-hmm. that gets uh, uh, one TV show that gets reviewed on Cancel Too Soon. And uh, this time, your, your choices are all adventure shows. Mm-hmm. I'll run them down real fast for you. But you'll have to go to the Patreon.com website to have your vote tabulated and have it actually count. Uh, your choices are... Uh, Invisible Avenger, which is actually a failed TV pilot for The Shadow that was going to air in 1958. So I think it will make, if if it goes down, will be our oldest, our earliest show. Uh, we'll so far, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's also Masquerade, which was a high concept spy show where instead of having spies, the same spies do missions every week, they train civilians to do one spy mission mm-hmm. just because they're perfectly qualified for it. Oh, we need a concert pianist. Well, rather than train a spy to be a concert pianist, we'll get a concert pianist to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's The Persuaders, which was a buddy crime-solving show starring, was it? Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis and um, the, 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 the James Bond. Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Mm-hmm. Good cast. <laughs> and uh, lastly, Thunder in Paradise, in which Hulk Hogan lives in the Caribbean and solves mysteries. I know what we're doing. We're probably <laughs> going to get Thunder in Paradise, but you can vote for anything you want. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, we'll eventually do all of them. Yeah. yeah but this will be the one we'll do in February. Uh, next up on Cancel Too Soon, we haven't done a failed pilot in a while, and there's one I really want to do. So we're going to do yeah. it. It's called Steel Justice. 
It's about a cop whose son gets murdered and the soul of his son ends up in a toy robot dinosaur. And when the going gets tough, the toy robot dinosaur becomes a giant robot flamethrowing dinosaur. It's called Steel Justice. How could that possibly fail? How could that fail? It writes itself. (laughs) Holy shit. I'm so excited to see Steel Justice. Written by the show creator's five-year-old son. (laughs) The original acts got. And again, you can always uh, email us. Uh, we have our, our own email, canceled too soon at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us suggestions. Do you remember watching these shows? Do you have rebuttals to some of the things mm-hmm. that we've said about them? Do you have corrections to make? We're not perfect. Uh, we, we've, we've screwed well, up things before. Well, we are, but uh, not, not in every way. Mm. Uh, mm. And uh, yeah, so uh, do we have any uh, letters? Oh, we have Winley. plenty of letters. Let's read some letters. And thank you very much um, for writing it. This is uh, a comment on the Dresden Files, which mm-hmm. we did last week. Um, this one comes from Laura. Uh, hello, guys. And this is called What the TV Version of the Dres- Dresden Files Completely Screwed Up. So this ah. is how it, how it differs from the book series it was based on. Uh, hello, guys. I'm very happy that you're finally getting to the Dresden Files. As a fan of the novels, there is a lot that the show gets completely wrong for reasons I've never been able to find out. Here are some. One, Harry Dresden is a private investigator for most of the novels up until the novel changes and a consultant for the Special Investigations Unit of the Chicago PD. Also, Harry is a huge Star Wars fan in the novels. Why that wasn't included in the show, I don't know. He doesn't have a hockey stick. Probably because they couldn't license Star Wars. Yeah, you can only reference it so much without yeah. someone saying, hey, you should probably pay us for that. Well, also, Star Wars is kind of an obvious one. It doesn't really add to his character in a TV show. It's like, well, a lot of people are Star Wars fans. What does that say about him? I don't know. Anyway, uh, number two, Connie Murphy is a completely different character. She's supposed to be Karen Murphy. Uh, and I, I, and I, in the novels, she's not a single mom, just a twice twice divorced with no kids. I can tell you why they changed the name. Hmm. Uh, turns out uh, there actually was an actual <clears throat> Chicago detective named with, Karen Murphy. Named Karen Murphy, so they had to change it. Because oh, okay. they didn't want uh, to be jerks. Karen so does, does get fired from the Chicago PD at one point for always helping out Harry. And number three, Bob is not trapped in the skull. He is supposed to be the spirit of an intellect that happens to reside inside a human skull. He can only go out if Harry gives him permission, in which Bob will inhabit Mr. Harry's cat and go out and gather information. That's a conceit I wish they included in the show. They could have Bob- gone there. Bob could in- inhabit a cat. Yeah, they could have okay, gone there. They just never didn't get I'll to I'll stop it. there, otherwise this email will be 50 pages long. <laughs> great, great job, as always, and I'm also listening to your other podcast to get my movie review fixed. Thanks, Laura. That's that's right. That would be oh. uh, critically acclaimed. Over at the Schmozo Network. Thank you very much for writing in. That's that's really interesting. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating when we have to review something without knowing every single thing about the source material, but mm-hmm. that's the reason why you adapt something is to attract people who don't know the source material, and so mm-hmm. we're not going to pretend oh. we know everything about it we're oh, just gonna she, do our best she actually wrote a second email with more corrections let's do it go on all right she says i was listening to the dresden files episode at the part where the black and the red courts are mentioned uh bibbs said they were different magic schools he could not have been more wrong all right look you didn't read the books it's all right they're uh, kind of vague about yeah, it the, okay the black and red courts are different vampire courts ah. the black being more of the bram stoker type while the red court is very monstrous and they drink blood hmm. the more powerful ones can create flesh masks to go out in the sun seems kind of sick but all right there you go i think a wetsuit would do the job uh just had to mention that the one i don't believe the dresden file i don't believe the dresden files was canceled too soon i only watched the entire show maybe two years ago and i didn't like it at all there were just too many things either changed or left out for me to fully enjoy it uh, another side uh, from my previous email, Harry does not exist. Uh, Harry's uncle does not exist in the books. Huh. His That's dad, a big change. yeah, his dad does die when Harry's only six years old, but eventually he's adopted by a man named Justin Dumonroe. 
Justin tries to turn Harry into his personal slave, but Harry breaks free and kills his adopted father in self-defense. That's also how Harry got Bob. Little different. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting yeah. change. <clears throat> they decided to switch that up. Yeah, congrats on another was... great episode. Uh, they you. are one million times better than the show any day, uh, well, any other day of the week. Sorry to bug you again, Laura. No, you're fine. No, no, no mm. bugging. Um, yeah, I think they probably changed that because when you make characters related, it really solidifies sort of why you should care about them and their connection. Mm. It bothers me, though, because there's this tendency that the longer a show goes on, the more often characters become related. You look at a show like Heroes, where oh, all of a sudden God. it turns out Siler is someone's brother, mm. or, or maybe he isn't. And I'm just like, you know what? It really doesn't happen that often that people mm. find out they have a sibling they didn't know about. It well, happens, but it's not it's, common enough that we can actually relate to that. Unfortunately, it's Darth Vader syndrome. Yeah. Remember, Luke Skywalker was just sort of swept up into this bigger world that he had no idea anything about, and he mm-hmm. ended up becoming a hero within that world. All of a sudden, he's related to like the main enforcer on the bad guy's side. Yeah. Come on. We talk about like how like people talk about like in the, in, and like, you see that in sequels all the time, and it turns turns out well, that's my dad, or my dad will become involved well, somehow. I think it's interesting how it happened with the Last Jedi, where mm. people thought that the identity of Ray's parents was going to be something really, 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 really important. And we're going to mm. talk about some spoilers for Last Jedi for a second. Uh, but yeah. um, do do we have to talk? About I, I'm just going to mention Jedi. it. Oh, right. I think it illustrates my point. Mm. People expect now there to be some big revelation about who's related to whom, even though it's more likely that there's no relation. <laughs> we talk about like, oh well, yeah, Darth, you know, Star Wars has a whole history of this. No, they don't. It that, happened one time. No, it happened in Return of the Jedi as well. It turns out Princess Leia also his sister. Oh my god! Which happened, was, okay, they fair, re, which they re, you know, I was thinking it, yeah. about that as an extension of the same plot point. But right, yeah, yeah, fair right. enough. Fair enough. Like Luke doesn't know who his who his family is. Everyone's mm. related to each other. I'm sorry, it's bullshit. Then too, you can really see him desperately backtracking in Star Wars mm. when Ben Kenobi is like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah." When I said Vader killed your father, it was true from um, a certain point of view. It's kind of also, meta- metaphorical speaking. Also, you have a sister. Leia's my sister. Sure, let's just end the scene. Like, that's the way it plays. They're just desperate to get it out there. They know it's lame. It's a hell of a big reveal at the end of Empire. But when you actually have to sit down and talk about it, kind of falls apart. Yep. A little bit. And then you see, like, what happened in episode three, where it was just like, you know, who ended up with whom and everything like that. And it just feels like a really forced arbitrary plot point that really doesn't amount to anything. They, they We're to, hiding you from Darth Vader by keeping you in his hometown the, the with his that, uncle? Yeah, they the, didn't even change your last name? The, the, <laughs> it's not a good big, plot point. That big reveal, that big moment of shock, I am your father, like yeah. bled into Star Wars so deeply that they had to spend an entire th- series of four f- theatrically released films, including the Clone Wars, yeah. kind of covering... And a TV series. And a TV series kind of covering for it. Yeah. Kind of like trying to, okay, we realize, okay, here's a whole series of movies explaining this convoluted twist that we didn't really think through. Darth Vader, you gotta remember, for like years, mm-hmm. between when Star Wars was made, and it took a few years to get Empire, mm-hmm. and then throughout most of Empire, Darth Vader's just some bad guy. Yeah. He, we just know he killed Luke's father. That's it! We know he killed Luke's father and committed genocide on a whole planet. That's it. That's evil enough. That was enough. <laughs> he didn't need more than that. Now he's his father. The more you, like, make familial relations... Like this huge reveal and the huge plot point, the more they become the entire storyline, mm. and the entire storyline becomes a little less interesting to me because well, it's, it's just well, it's it less, becomes it soap beca- operatic BS. Soap operatic BS, and it becomes far too specific to the characters. Yeah, that's my point. It can only mm. happen. This whole series, it can only happen to members of the Skywalker clan. 
Well, that's lame for literally everyone else that they can't be fucking heroes. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I mean, I know there are other heroes, but you know what I mean? Like, if they're, like, the entire focus of the series, it's hmm. a little less interesting. I like that The Last Jedi really beefed up people who had nothing to do with anything and said, yeah, anyone. Mm. Anyone. Because that was what it originally was. Luke Skywalker was anyone. He's just some kid. Some kid. Some kid who wanted to do something and felt stifled by his home life. Everyone in the Target he, demo. That's it. Not saw, everyone in the Target <laughs> demo had an evil dad who like runs an empire and blows up planets. That's not everyone anymore. Mm. I digress. Let's read another letter. <laughs> no, please. Keep ranting. Ah! Here's a, here's a letter from Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Hi. Dear Bibbs and Whitney, I was thrilled that uh, that you find gents were tackling Law & Order LA. As someone who is a huge fan of all things Law & Order, I could not wait to hear your analysis. I agree with Bibbs that the show could have just gone on and been fine. This brings me to my question. Why does the procedural formula work so well, in your opinion? I can't help but jump into those types of shows. Thanks for all the t- uh, your time and all you do, Aaron. Well, I think it's because you can't just jump in. Hmm. The procedural, yeah. because it's all about a procedure. It's hmm. every episode is kind of standalone. Hmm. If you like the actors, if you like the characters, and if the writing isn't bad, hmm. um, there's no reason why you can't watch it. And I think it's, there's something really relaxing and kind of passive hmm. about that kind of storyline. I prefer ones that have an overarching narrative, even if it's just character development. Like House, I think had enough character development that I actually hmm. really wanted to watch every episode of House, hmm. but. Um, yeah, something like the Law and Orders or the CSIs, there's just not nothing really making me like, oh, I have to watch next week. But if I did watch next week, it'd be okay. Yeah. And people just like mysteries. That's also just another thing. The mystery genre is alive and, and well, there will always be new crimes. The, the It also speaks to the way a lot of people like to watch, at least the way I like to watch TV, is in little chunks. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the time or the stamina, except for this show, to really marathon through. I, of course, I watch, you know, eight episodes of Freaky Links in one day, so what, uh, what does that say? But mm-hmm. um, uh, when I'm just sort of watching TV casually, I want to get in and out. Yeah. I want to see the beginning of the story, and I want to see the end of the story. I don't have the patience to sit through an entire season to see the the resolution of the mystery if that's all i'm really interested in especially if it's just a murder mystery yeah it's like you can do that in an hour you can do a murder mystery in like no time at all it's like reading a short story you yeah. can just crank it out yeah. and yeah the procedural provides everything you need it has a beginning a middle and an end with law and order it has two halves it has the crime and it has the law uh mm-hmm. it has you know characters you can kind of understand really quickly but don't necessarily have to know where they're going they're already fully formed and that's something that's kind of taken over in the way characters are told in modern TV, where mm. they're not formed yet, and we kind of see where they're going over the course of the series, rather than being fully formed at the head and seeing how that personality would react to certain situations. It's the two basic, it's, fundamental, different types of episodic television. Yeah, and, and you yeah. know, I'm not going to say one is better or worse than the other, but, you know, it just depends on what you're in the mood for that evening. Exactly. And, uh, if you want a character you in understand instantly, and you want a short story that's going to conclude, and you're done with dinner, and you can go about your day then those procedurals are the perfect food for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it just fulfills something that's really basic and is really, really efficient. And I think that's one of the reasons people didn't like The Last Jedi. <laughs> Not to bring it back around again, but when you look at like the way... Because that, it like, concluded? Because, no, because Luke Skywalker, it turns out, grew and had an mm-hmm. arc and changed and things happened to him uh-huh. that people didn't like. Because he was... Because for decades... Like people didn't like what they did with Luke? They really didn't like what they did with Luke. Oh, A lot of people felt really I, betrayed that I, Luke I have, like, came close to the dark. I have, I've stayed far away from the the comment war of on the Last and, Jedi, and all I'm gonna all I'm gonna say is this: I think the reason is because for decades, Luke Skywalker was done. Mm. He his character was fully formed. He had nowhere to go. There was no other. Even in like the extended universe, he wasn't like there was some stuff where he almost went to the dark side. I think of the Timothy Zahn books, but for the most part, 
he was Luke Skywalker. Uh-huh. He was complete. He's like Batman. Every episode, every issue, Batman is basically the same. Uh, and until you now, get to the Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> and, well, and that's another one where people felt a little betrayed because oh wait, you guys think there should be character development? No, 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 no. It's Batman. We don't want character development. We want him to have an origin, and then he's developed, and that's it. Wait a minute. You're, you're, you're supposed to be pandering to me. I don't understand this. Yeah. And in Last Jedi, it was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing the, the character-driven, episodic, procedural Star Wars mm. where every episode, everyone is exactly the same and they just blow up a different Death Star. We actually wanted to do one where people grew mm. and actually went through shit and maybe you didn't like some of it and maybe they had to grow through some really difficult times and make some bad decisions and then have to make up for those bad decisions because we think that's good drama. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. This is a character driven procedural it's based on two different ideas mm. of what star wars could be is it character development or is it character driven like mm. is it like is it all about the character stuck in one place or do they evolve people didn't want to do evolve. Mm. it's just the way you like your star wars <laughs> it's not a matter of betrayal it's yeah. just they wanted him to evolve and you mm. were like no batman can't retire mm. um here's a letter from bone steel oh, also wonder- also on the dresden files oh, i wonder how this is going to relate to the last jedi <laughs> <laughs> How can we bring up fucking Star Wars in this one? Um, this Hi, guys. Just stating right from the start that I have not watched the show, but I have read all of the books of the Dresden Files mm. to date. There are two things I wanted to address quickly at the changes from the books to the show. Okay. Pushes up glasses with index finger. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see. Uh, in the books, Bob is the spirit of intellect, mm-hmm. as, as we just heard in the previous letter. Uh, he, is encyclope- his in, in, he is encyclopedic knowledge that Harry uses as a reference when making spells or potions or needs a history lesson. Harry is Bob's keeper, and Bob is a powerful entity, entity that the wardens believe has, has to have been destroyed. Mm. Bob is not a slave. He can leave the skull and roam around, and Bob also loves romance novels. Murphy's father Murphy's father is dead in the books. He is the reason that he, uh, she wanted to be a cop and was a big inspiration for her. This is an important point later in the series. It is sad that they made him a dick in the show. Also, Murphy has no daughter in the books. Mm. Uh, well, she barely does in the show. She mentions the daughter in the show. Right. Uh, okay, those are the two big things I wanted to address since they were brought up in the show. Also, you should read the books, as they are great and plentiful in used bookstores. <laughs> I'll hit up my local Goodwill immediately. It's next to Dianetics. Um, I thought it was funny that Whitney brought up Burn Notice on the episode, as I think this would be a great way to structure a traditional series should they reboot the Dresden Files. Each season was have, would have its own arching mystery, but each episode would deal with the case of the week that would either inform the bigger mystery or explore more of the world. I, Burn Notice is sort of the example I give on how to do big arcs hmm. and still have the mystery of the week because they would have like essentially a, a 10 minute epilogue at the end of every episode that would add to the big arc, but wouldn't necessarily interfere with the procedural. Mm-hmm. So you could have both. Right. You didn't have to choose one or the other. Exactly. Um, Personally, I would love to see a reboot that was limited to 10-ish episodes per season and followed a bit closer to the books. One of the things I like most about the book series is how the characters grow and develop over time. Uh, last point, I like Paul Blackthorne on Arrow, but ha- not having seen the show, I can't imagine someone more miscast based on the character in the books. Not sure what who is needed, but uh, somebody who is a cross between Archie Bunker and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you shove those guys into Seth Brundle's telepod. What comes out the other end? I don't end? know Jeez. anymore. Thanks for all the great shows, Bone Steel. Uh, you want me to read one more? Uh, yes! All right. Uh, this one comes from Juan. Hello, Juan. Uh, hey, Bins and Whitney, just listened to the Law & Order episode, and man, you guys made some interesting points. I didn't understand how NBC or Dick Wolf thought ending the OG Law & Order and replacing it with Law & Order LA was a great idea. Oh, and Bibbs, the SVU episode with Rex Winters had him only on for like five minutes. It had a great performance from Jennifer Love Hewitt. So here's a question. From any of the Law & Order series, 
What has been your favorite celebrity guest spot episode? Oh, God. Hands down, I have to give it to the Robin Williams episode of SVU, where he plays a guy accused of stalking someone and blah, blah, blah. Who cares? It's the wonderful Robin goddamn Williams giving a great performance. (laughs) (laughs) That is one episode I will always stop what I'm doing and sit to watch. What about you guys? Uh, You know, I haven't watched Lost Law and Order Mm -hmm. to say that with any confidence. Uh, I I really, really don't. Um... Mm-hmm. So uh, fuck it, Chloe Kardashian. There was an episode about how someone was murdered, and it might have something to do with <laughs> making her ass look flat. Oh Fun. golly, I'm trying to think of who, who was a really good one. Martha Plimpton was really no. You know they're all pretty good, and they all shake out kind of similarly. Yeah. Where you know the celebrity guest is always responsible in some way, except for the Sally Kellerman cameo. That was a little odd. Mm. What are you gonna do? Uh, um, if, if if I were a big celebrity and they approached me, it's like, hey, we want you to be in Law and Order, and. First of all, I would either want to be, like, the most horrible murderer they'd ever encountered. Right. Like, worse than all the other murderers. <laughs> and it turns out I was eating my victims, whatever. Or I want to be, like, the garbage man who, will, who won't stop doing his business while he's being questioned by homicide detectives. Did you? Like, just in that one episode. It's like, hey, I gotta make a sandwich here. Do you ever, uh, 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 do you ever watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No. Okay, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is great. Okay. It's a legitimately great sitcom, and I would say this as a person who finds most sitcoms, especially modern sitcoms, uh-huh. rather cloying. <laughs> uh, uh, Jake Peralta, played by Andy Samberg, mm. is a very enthusiastic cop. He basically became a cop because he liked the movie Die Hard. <laughs> and there's an episode in which uh, there may have been a crime committed on the set of basically Law and Order. Mm. Uh, Jake Peralta, he gets super excited and he wants to like join the, you know, quit the job and like become like their technical consultant. And the executive producer might be shining him on because mm-hmm. like maybe the executive producer is behind the crime. And uh, Jake Peralta finally like turns on him, accuses him of horrible things. And it turns out it wasn't mm-hmm. the executive producer after all. And the executive producer now has a grudge against Jake Peralta. And the episode ends with an episode of basically Law and Order uh-huh. in which there's like a serial killer in like underwear smeared with poo. And it was like, <laughs> and then I killed 800 babies because I am Jake Peralta, the worst pervert ever. <laughs> yeah, see that, that guy, that that's, guy, that's, that's you. Yeah. that's. that's uh, <laughs> I do want to read this one more episode because uh, we were talking about bears and you said koalas and I said koalas are not bears and you said pandas. I said pandas aren't technically bears. Somebody wrote in ah. and said, pandas are in fact bears. They're members, however, of a loosely of the Ursid family. Okay. So they're not directly related to bears, but they're bearish. So we're both right. So we're, <laughs> we're both right about pandas. Yay, pandas! Pandabractus. Everyone loves pandas. Mm. Uh, everybody, that's the uh, cancel too soon. Thanks for writing in, everybody. Thank you. And, You're all and, awesome. And we'll accept more letters as you give them to us. Uh, yeah, you can write us in at canceltoosoon at gmail.com. You can go to patreon.com slash canceltoosoon. Uh, if you want to contribute to the show, you get to vote for future episodes. You get bonus episodes uh, like the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie, mm-hmm. where we review uh, TV miniseries and movies and one-off programming uh, that doesn't really fit the rules of the other show. That's only available for Patreon subscribers. There's other exclusive content, too, and we're working on expanding that this year. We mm-hmm. have some fun ideas that we're actually going to start running by y'all. Uh, um, and give you some options for future content. Mm-hmm. So check out patreon.com slash cancel too soon. We're also on Twitter at cancelcast. I'm on Twitter at William Bibiani. I am Whitney Seibold. At, that's W I T, no H, and Seibold with an E I. It's freaky. And uh, I am a freaky link. <laughs> And uh, you can also hear us review movies every week on Critically Acclaimed, a podcast on the Schmoes No iTunes feed and the SK Plus YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So uh, check that out as well. Next week we'll be back with a review of Steel Justice. Aren't Woo-hoo! you excited? And uh, that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season. Tonight's Cancel Too Soon featured music by 
Gonad. Sponge hole. Fountains of Bjork. Appliance. Vehicular regicide. Enjoy the fish. The slush puppies. Chainsmith. The Jeremy connection. Teenage odor. Faith yes more. Sylvia crime. Pasta sunrise. Greasy eyes. Brought to you by the letter Zork. Opaque plunder. A monument to forest fires. Black ink and the diminished thirds. The candy dandy liquor quickers. Fourth bladder. Pantsuit. Fetal pig. And on the eighth day he snuggled. Phantasmagasm. Hold that thing. Puss. Flicking the lights on and off. Fisting till Wednesday. My name ain't Woodrow. Booger's not the band. Sewing machine berserker. Stomach contents. Basically naked. The ifs and the ands. Punching pandas. Lula Mae Bell and the stupid bastards. Click it or ticket. Receptacle tip. Me and my sea monkeys. Lobstergram. Mattress. Transubstantiation. The push me pull use. The LAPD. Fleas my dog has. Schnarfed. Room for one less. Three four Mary six eight seven four Steve three three three. Amadeus Glitter Honey. Saint Toast. Raised by Tharks. The 101st Life of Black Suck Savage. Pointillism is for closers. Chilean Sea Bass. Who are you to judge me? Sewer Monster and the Naval Explosion. Bug Punchies. Concussed. Rot Realty. Fruit Pie the Mortician. Ding. Mag Dog 2020. When in doubt, use bread. Catfish Black and the Anal Fishers. Ever Have I Never. Dracula's Space Hole. The Gopher Bro. Withered. Gesticulating wildly. Milk of magnanimous. A five-letter word for existential dread. The Ted membrane. Sour cream and knives. 107th to die. The lady is a knight. Counterfeit souls. 99 centaurs. Lil Maggie and her pneumatic drapery. Topher v. Topher. Ready for taste ball. Ziplining is my dinosaur. The dignity-free caballeros. Potholder. Sexy flexy. Sticky over Ricky. The weakness of dogs. The fettuccine yayas. Not a bear. Dave and Alonzo go boating. Breakfast schmeckfrey. Tom diddly doodly doo. Blake is Blake. Umbrellas for Hayden. One bad cereal. Chrysanthemum Jr. The Shape of Pudding. 1980X. Hork and Fiber Chunks. And Nostril. Also featuring music by Breakdown Steve and Oiled Up Mufti. Angels We Have Heard on Thigh. Rainbow Sugar Cookies. Coffee Cup. Paul Kenosian and the Backward Running Vomit. Cheese Nips and the Nippy Cheeses. <laughs> With Stillman's Metropolitan. Dollar bills are my god! Johann Sebastian Fist. Sabist! Sabist! <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is Sabist? <laughs> Deathwad. <laughs> Surfer blood. Fistula.